Blog Talk Radio. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Right, I'm emailing it to you, okay? night, Hurricane fans, and this is take two of Kane Sport Live, and yes, it's a new day. We apologize for the earlier technical difficulties, but time will tell what new day means for the Miami Hurricanes. Right now, it's a football team whose swagger has been taken away by three of the most hellish days that you could ever imagine. First came Saturday's embarrassing 58 nothing loss to Clemson, the worst loss in the history of the Miami program. Sunday brought the firing of Al Golden. And when they were told about it Sunday night, it was predictably an emotional scene in the team meeting room with several players already on the edge from their Saturday afternoon experience bursting into tears. The fans celebrate when a coach is fired, The players weep. They feel a sense of responsibility, which only ignites more pain. Every kid on that roster was recruited by Al Golden. So while the Canes Nation celebrates that a new coach is on the way, the players see only failure and despair. Their coaches defiantly dig their heels in and try to do their jobs with one eye on what the heck they are going to do in the future. And then Monday morning brought more hard news when the team was informed 
that the mother of cornerback Artie Burns had passed away on Sunday night from what is believed to be a heart attack at age 44. Burns' father is incarcerated. He has two younger brothers that he now must take responsibility for in addition to his one-year-old son. Meanwhile, his football brothers grieve alongside him as they prepare to go to Duke on Saturday. My guess is that Burns will make the trip to join them. That will probably be part of the healing. But this is quite the emotional time bomb that interim coach Larry Scott has on his hands as the Hurricanes prepare to play a team that they simply must beat to shield the program from further embarrassment after Saturday afternoon's debacle at Sun Life Stadium. What happened in that game? For starters, the Hurricanes were facing a significantly better team. When the defense came out passive rather than attacking and allowed the Tigers to march right down the field, I thought the entire team started to press and everything just collapsed. Since Saturday afternoon, Miami has been attacked by every corner of the football universe. Relevant all of a sudden for all the wrong reasons. Listen to this excerpt from Paul Feinbaum on College Football Live today. I think Miami is just an absolutely terrible job. I think this program is bankrupt. Uh, I think it has a delusional fan base thinking that this is the 80s and the 90s and maybe even the early part of the uh, new millennium. I I don't get it. Uh, I don't know why any coach in their right mind would want this job. You have all these former players, and their names are well known. They're tweeting. They're, they're, they, they want some ownership in the program, and, and they're, not going to be t- they're not going to accept uh, just some run-of-the-mill coach, nor will they get a big-name coach. I mean, you said maybe entice a coach. I'd like to know uh, who, you're talk- who you're talking about, because what legitimate coach would walk in there with one of the worst stadiums in America with no fan base whatsoever unless they can be a proven winner, which they can't be, on day one. I mean, Al Golden was a pretty good hire, and he failed miserably. Al Golden did fail miserably. But everybody listening tonight knows that everything else that Feinbaum said is a bunch of foolishness. But I do think it is indicative of the way the outside world is now looking at this Hurricane football program and the challenges that will be faced by whomever whomever is hired by Athletic Director Blake James and the search committee. So Miami's on the hunt for a new coach. And in a fan poll that we have going on on canesport.com, the people are speaking in resounding fashion that they are in favor of the return of one Butch Davis. Right now, Davis is trending with 70.6% of the votes of the fan base. There's not a close second. Mario Cristobal is getting 7.2% of the vote. Charlie Strong of Texas, who I know for a fact would be interested in speaking to Miami, is getting 6.8%. But the fans are speaking resoundly that they would like to see Butch Davis back again. So will Davis get an interview? Can he really emerge from the fray with the Miami job all over again? Hey, this is take two tonight right now for Kane Sport Live tonight. Why can't there be a take two 
for Butch Davis. Butch Davis and I had an hour-long chat last night about all of this, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it plenty tonight on this new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in Hurricane Sports. Yet again, I apologize to you that we're getting started a half hour late tonight. Some of you were listening maybe to the first 30 minutes of the old show that we had at reboot, so to speak, so that everybody who wanted to call in tonight would be able to get on the phone lines and and participate in the show. So um, consider that a bonus for now, and I know I'm going to repeat a lot of what I said earlier, um, but again, I apologize for all of the confusion. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. As always, we have plenty of phone lines for everybody to call in and participate. All you got to do, if you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad, and that'll let us know that you would like to be brought into the fray here on Kane Sport Live. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. Why did the players roll over? so easily against Clemson. Well, it was pretty obvious to me that that team was in a very fragile emotional state going into that game. I don't think there's any question about it. You don't collapse the way they did. If you are not, uh, you, you saw a, a lot of um, bad things going on on the sideline, coaches arguing with coaches, players arguing with coaches. The, the entire organization just fell apart for those three hours, and the score was indicative of that. And, you know, we're sitting here looking at 58 nothing, and we're calling it the worst game in Miami history, which it was. But think about what Clemson really could have put on the board had they not called off the dogs at halftime. Is there any chance the board of trustees swallows their pride and does hire Butch Davis? Yeah, I think there's a chance. I wouldn't predict it. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of issues and a lot of questions when Butch Davis gets an interview, which I think he will. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you could not interview Butch Davis when the fan base is speaking in such a loud manner about how much they would like to see him hired as coach. I don't think that will mean he'll get the job, but I think that he almost certainly will get an interview. What's going on with Brad Kaya? Brad was not at practice today. He's still undergoing tests uh, for the concussion that he suffered when he was body slammed to the ground in one of the most disgusting offensive line plays you'll ever see. Two rushers. That was it. That's all the Clemson rushed on that play. Two guys. And you had five to block two. And they still screwed it up because three of the guys in the middle were paying no attention and looking straight ahead and blocking nobody. Casey McDermott, who's at left tackle, gets beat on an inside move. Nobody helps him. Kaya gets body slammed to the ground and gets a concussion. Unforgivable, in my opinion. I would be very surprised if Kaya plays this Saturday. UM has very strict concussion protocols, and if he passes them all, he'll play. But, you know, I've got to think it's a long shot right now. I don't think he's even being allowed to participate in the mental preparation for the game. We're asked if we were surprised by how small that the crowd was on Saturday. No, I know I wasn't surprised. 
uh, you know, the Canes Nation was fed up. You know, people had 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 enough, and people meant it at the end of last year when they said that they weren't renewing their tickets and they weren't coming back. So, no, not surprised at all. And the fan dismay probably cost about twenty thousand tickets for that game, and you can do the math if you if you put about a hundred dollar average on those twenty thousand tickets, that's two million bucks. Okay, so the losses were starting to mount for the University of Miami, and you got to believe that also played a role in Sunday's firing of Al Golden. So what's the timetable now for hiring a new head coach? I don't think there is a timetable. Then there's no reason there, that there has to be, as, as long as it's done pretty much in about 30 days. But they don't have to get this done in a week or two weeks. The, the, the whole point of firing Coach Golden early was it gives Blake James and the search committee the opportunity to go out and do a very thorough job of investigating the landscape of candidates. And I think they'll they'll do that. I don't think they will be in any rush at all here um, unless something just really jumps out at them. And I, other than that, that's someone being maybe Butch Davis. Uh, I'm not sure I can imagine that happening. We're asked what the chances are of James Coley being retained on a new staff. And you know, I think that's going to largely depend on who gets the job. Uh, James Coley is obviously a very valued assistant. He's a great recruiter. But that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to be a valued offensive coordinator for the new coach. It's going to depend on who it is, what that coach has in mind. Uh, so James Coley is going to probably be in a little bit of limbo here for a while as the 2015 season uh, plays itself out here over the next five weeks. What about this game against Duke on Saturday night? Man, you know, I mean, that's going to be tough. No doubt about it. You know, this team is beaten up as it goes up to Durham. And we've seen this go different ways in the past in, in the game of football. Lots of times all this adversity can be a rallying point. And you'll see a football team come out with a lot of fire and anger and aggression and take it to the team that they're playing. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what we saw on Saturday night. But I also wouldn't be shocked if we saw the opposite. A team that is just beaten up and so mentally down, they suffer another very bad defeat. So it's going to be a game of intrigue on Saturday night, no doubt about it. And lastly, we're asked about our hot board and asked to go through the hot board and discuss what we think the likelihood is for each candidate. Um, I'm going to do that a, a little bit later in the show because I've been talking for 45 minutes straight now. My voice is going <laughs> to go bye-bye if I don't take a drink of water. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out to the calls and, again, hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. And I'm going to begin tonight in the 347 where the stage is now yours on K-Sport Live as I get a drink of water. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing tonight? Oh, man, I'm feeling good, Gary. I'm finally wearing my UM gear again. I, I vowed not to wear it as long as Al Golden was the coach at University of Miami. Well, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, listen, Gary, uh, you know, everybody's asking a lot, you know, like what coaches should be retained, this, that, whatever. I don't feel that they should retain Coley because, you know, our offense is, you know, it could be dynamic at times, but, you know, we have a lot of deficiencies, especially in the red zone and, you know what I'm saying? We're like dead last, but I just wanted to throw a name out there. Um, you know, what about Ice Harris? You know, because he could be invaluable to any new coaching staff because he's familiar with the three counties. You know, he's pretty much of a high school football coach legend down there, right? 
you want to know if Ice Harris would be a candidate to stay on the staff or to be a coordinator? Yeah, yeah. No, just to stay on the staff. You know, oh, on he'll any definitely be a candidate. Like, do you think he would be an invaluable, yeah. you know, asset well, I to a new I staff? Well, I think he'll be a candidate to stay on the staff. I think he's done a very good job with the running backs. I think he brings things to the table um, in South Florida rec- recruiting. Maybe hasn't been the end-all to be-all that a lot of people thought he would be, but is he an asset? Absolutely. And I think he'll get strong consideration, no doubt about it. Okay, because I think he's pretty much the the only guy they should keep. You know, you it's going to depend on who coaches. You know, what if you bring in BK? What if you bring in Rob Chudzinski, for example, who's an offensive mind? And he can work with James Coley, and he can make James Coley better than what he's been the last couple of years. And then you get the benefit of Coley's recruiting abilities. You know, then he makes sense, right? Makes perfect sense. But, I, you know, the one thing I'm worried about with the coaching hire, so to say, you know, I know the fans want, you know, us as fans, we want a specific coach and things like that. I hope the administrations don't listen to the fans. And we would like to see Butch Davis back. I'd love to see Butch Davis back as well, but I'm not sure if he might be the right candidate right now. I have a feeling this hire is going to come from left field somewhere, and everybody's going to say, "Wow, we didn't see that coming." Well, let's talk about Butch Davis for a minute since you bring him up. I know everybody's in, interested in him, and I'm going to tell you some of the questions that I think are going to come up when he does get the interview that I think he's going to get. Obviously, they're going to have to revisit his exit the last time he was at Miami. And uh, there were some tense times there. You know, the negotiations dragged on for three months. They just couldn't get, you know, the Davis camp and Paul D just couldn't agree on a contract. And at the very end, after Butch had told everybody that he was staying, and I was one of those people, uh, he just got up and left and you know, the, the the Cleveland Browns had been working on him and working on him, and they finally broke him down. And that $15 million check that they had in front of him finally overpowered his desire to continue at Miami. And when, you, when I spoke to Butch Davis yesterday, you know, over and over again, he just kept talking about what a horrible, horrible mistake he had made and uh, that he never should have left Miami. He knows it. And he knew what the NFL was all about. He had been with the Dallas Cowboys, yet... His frustration led him to an impulsive decision that he would later regret. And, you know, it happens to so many of us in our everyday lives, and there's a lesson there. You know, when we have big decisions to make, you know, we got to give them the, the, the proper time, and we can't get emotional. And sometimes you got to take a step back and really think things through um, before you make hasty decisions in your life. And um, that's where Butch Davis is on, on in terms of, of that segment of the situation now so he goes to cleveland and probably not a lot of reason to spend a lot of time on what happened in cleveland he led the browns to one playoff but you know things went south the ownership situation changed and and butch was fired and um so he's back on the market and he goes to north carolina and that's where the questions are going to really begin for butch davis and how he's able to answer those questions in that interview is going to determine whether he's a serious candidate for this job. The first thing, obviously, that Blake James and the committee are going to want to know about is the academic scandal. Now, Davis insists he knew nothing about it. It was going on, supposedly, for 14 years 
before he got the job at North Carolina. But yet, they fired him anyway. And the the prevailing story that you get from people around Carolina was somebody had to be fired, and it wasn't going to be anybody in basketball. And Butch Davis ended up being the biggest target that they could fire and, and make it look like you know, they're being proactive in dealing with the issues. Now, d- d- you got to decide for yourselves if you believe that all this academic fraud was going on with so many football players and the head coach knew nothing about it. A lot of you won't believe it. You know, and, and, and certainly the dis- a lot of the dishonest history of Butch Davis will contribute to that. But... At the end of the day, he's been exonerated. He's got letters from the NCAA. He's got letters from North Carolina. Those, you know, all those investigations. There were ten different investigations that cleared him. So, could the search committee use that academic scandal at North Carolina as a reason to pass on Butch Davis? Yes, it could. But if they want to hire Butch, they'll also have the foundation to look past it. But the problems, BK and everybody, with Butch Davis aren't going to end just with that academic scandal. Look at his record at North Carolina. 4-8 the first year, okay, not a problem at all. Then he went 8-5, and five, three straight seasons. Lost two out of three bowl games while he was at North Carolina. Never really contended for the Coastal Division Championship. And in 2010... He had one of the best rosters in college football, and they still lost five games. So I think one of the, some of the hardest questions that the search group is going to have for Butch Davis is why the heck did you do so poorly on the field at North Carolina? You know, why did your teams lose five games each season? You had a really good roster in 2010. Why weren't you able to win with it? And that's a lot true. of those, that Carolina team was yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. NFL draft. Yes, sir. They had a lot in 2010. I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but yeah. they had a lot. And, you know, the, there were a lot of concerns. Everybody forgets, like, there's, whole, there's, there's a lot of euphoria right now for Butch, but everybody forgets that for the first four years of his time at Miami, people were calling for him to be fired and talking about what a horrible game day coach he was. And if you look at, 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 his, at his record at Carolina, there's a lot of concerns in that regard. So there's going to be a, you know, those, if there, that interview does take place with Butch Davis, which I think it will, that's going to be a very intense animated session and how Butch answers those questions and how the group feels about it will determine at the end, whether Butch is a viable finalist for Al Golden's job. So I hope that answers a lot of questions that everybody I'm sure has on Butch Davis. Yeah, I'm really hoping the search committee goes into overdrive and just, you know, you know, kind of not listen to the fans, so to say. You know, just stick with the information that's in front of you. you know? Well, I think that's what and they're going to do. stick with the information because this has to be, yeah, you know, this has to be it. Like, we can't afford any more years being what we are right now. Right now, It almost you feels know, like we're at the very end. Obviously, if they hire Butch, it's going to be – there's going to be this huge surge of emotion and support 
for the Miami football program. And it's going to be like a rock star just came back to town. And, and he's, going to, he's going to own South Florida. I don't think there's any question about that. But if he does struggle on the field when the games start, how's everybody going to feel about that? You know, and and I, and I think that's a legitimate question, and I'll ask that of you guys as we go forward with the show tonight over the next few couple hours. You know, I mean, how are you going to feel if if Butch Davis does get hired and then is not successful on the field? I'll start with you, BK. Go ahead. That, that's what I'm afraid of. He might be away yeah. too long. He might be. He might have been away from the game a little too long. The game may have passed him by, strictly because of his age and the type of work and the hours you have to put in. Yes, yeah, so, but obviously you know, he's going to be there. I don't know. I mean, he's an intriguing candidate. They have to talk to him. I think they will, and then we'll, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But this is not a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination. And I think some of the things I just talked no, to you about. Not. Yeah, I think some of the things I just talked to you about show you kind of what the search committee is going to be going through when they sit down with Butch. All right, BK, you got anything else tonight? Uh, just one last statement. Um, um, so do you think, like, in terms of being able to pay a coach, right, they're looking for that price point where it's reasonable but it doesn't turn into a money grab like any freaking coach. Or, oh, you know, you know, like, you and Michelle shelling out $4.5 million. You know, I mean, that, I mean that's just an example. Won't happen. No, no, I, I know I that's an example. I mean, I know I, we'll probably keep it around two, two point five. Yeah, I mean, I think they would <laughs> like to be say. in the two point five range and put more money towards the coaching staff. I think the outside might be three. I'd be shocked if it ends up more than three. And there's there's no reason to go higher than that. There's a lot of very good candidates right. that you can hire for a lot less than three million dollars. Yes, and please no Tom Herman or that guy from. I don't know, um, Fuente, um, Memphis, please. Well, that, that's like see, that's going back the alcohol. Them yeah, yeah. I don't want to see any of them hire. I want to see an experienced head coach come in, not not a first time guy. And so, you know, let's get some experience on the field. Somebody that's going to put together a sound coaching staff. That, that's it. You know, we have enough talent in the year. You know, on, in South Florida and on the team now to at least compete. And win bowl games, you know, we haven't done that in God knows how long. I mean, just imagine if we were to win a bowl game, you know what I'm saying? That would be a celebration. That would be a party. You know, we've been in so long. You know, someone that could just get us in position to compete right now, I'd be happy until they could get their own players in there and then we could see what happened. But, you know, we got to at least try to be somewhat relevant again in college football because everybody's just bad at mouth. Any canal help find it. You know, I mean, almost to the point where they're delusional. You know, like UM is, UM has invested a lot of money in into, you know, into facilities, and everybody's ignoring that. They keep men, they keep talking about the stadium, the stadium, the stadium, the stadium. We're not getting a stadium. If we no. win, they will come. It's like in the movie: if you build it, they will come. If we win, the fans will come. That's it. No doubt. All right, winning. BK. Let me let some other people get on tonight. Um, hey, thank All you right, as always. Yep, we appreciate you being part of the show. Keep me on, all right? You got it. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. 646-595-2048. Again, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the uh, noisy 850. You're now live on Team Sport Live. Hello? Yeah, that's you. Can you uh, eliminate the background noise? Oh, my right, bad. I'm back. Uh-oh. No, that's better. Yeah. Uh, who's this? Okay. This is Omar. What's up, Omar? What you got for us? 
Man, I'm 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 happy. I'm I'm um you know what, man, I was just just take you back to the, the, the game, the Clemson game. I'm watching the game, man, and halftime when I seen them go up twenty eight points, I was like, Man, this is not 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 this. Like this is what we came to see. All this we you know, the preparation preparation, all like that, what Golden was speaking, you know. And I feel bad for the kids, you know. I really do. I really uh, it's a, it's a rough transition. You know, and losing your coach, the person that brought you there, and you know, all in one. But that blowout was just disappointing. I had made my mind up. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna watch no more games. I was it. I said, man, I'm not watching this no more, man. This is like my dad told me. He came in the room and said, "What are you doing? Why are you watching this?" Like he said this to me while I'm watching the game still because it was already 42 to. You know, so it's like, what you doing? I'm like, man, I'm just, I, at that point in my mindset, I want them to go ahead and, you know what, run the score up because we need, it need to be a statement made. And you know what? It was a statement made. And, you know, it it cost him his job. But, well, um, the, the people I have a lot of respect for were the sprinkling of fans that stayed to the very end in the, in the stadium, and there yeah, weren't many. Oh my God! I, I'm looking in the crowd; they're asleep. <laughs> I see a girl sleeping. <laughs> some but, guy. But there were some that like, stayed. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe it. But some stayed. Oh my God! It was like uh, there's this pain. It was like being a pain free. That's like, it felt like getting a tattoo. Like that's how it felt. Like <laughs> <laughs> for real, but. <laughs> Um, one question. Do you think, you know, with this transition happening, new coach or whatever, I know, you know, he, I'm pretty, I like, I seen, you know, his, his interview and I like the way he's talking and how he, you know, he has an optimistic um, feel to him, you know, and that's what we need. We need somebody that's going, you know, uplift the team at this point and, and, and help them move on. And, you know, cause it, with, you know, already going through this situation, and and it's just a whole lot at once. You know, for them to even think about football with just all this, you know, that's emotions that's happening, you know, around them. But I, I just, I, I hope we, you know, we find the the right coach and uh, uh, about the Butch Davis thing. You know, I, I. I I think, you know, he'll be a good candidate. I think, you know, the fans, our hearts say Butch. But, honestly, I want somebody that's going to work. And I want somebody that's know what they they already have their plan mapped out. Who, When they get hired, who who, who are your coaches going to be? We need to know this because I feel like we can't go with a guess no more. It can't be a guess. We can't be guessing with – is he going to get it right in the first year? Nah, he needs to get it right now. And a lot of coaches come here in the first two years, they don't get it right. You know, they switching up coaches. But uh, I think we just need somebody to get it right off the bat. And I think the dude, Rob, um, it, I, I, I think he's – even though he's never been a head coach, I feel like his offensive mind brings – a a good thing to the table, and I think he'll have enough sense to go with a four-three defense to you know just complement what Miami is. And he should have a very good Rolodex, so I think he's going to be an intriguing candidate. I think you know Davis, Cristobal, Chudzinski, uh, to me are almost guaranteed to get interviews. So you know we'll, we'll see how those go. 
Yeah, yeah. Alright, you got you got anything uh, else for us? Nah, that's about it. I'm just listening on to the show, man. Alright, uh, man. Th- yeah. Thank you. Thanks for calling no in. Uh, give us give us a shout next week. Alright, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Moving right along to the three oh five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice. All right, you're going to have to call back. Let's go to the 845. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary, how you doing, Greg? Hey, what's up, Greg? Welcome back. Uh, Sunday I said I wanted Charlie Strong. I changed my mind already. But anyway, um, Did you change the I wanted the poll? to... Did you vote in the poll yet? No, I haven't. Okay, go on the message. Make sure you vote on the poll. I'm I'm really anxious to get a really good picture on who everybody wants from that poll. Okay, I just want in when Butch Davis left the first time, didn't the players like demand that Coker take over for him? Yes, they did. Okay, that that could be possibly the greatest assemblage of talent in the history of college football. You agree with that? No question. The 2001, and Butch Davis recruited all those players. Yep. So we know he knows talent. So even if they're not going to hire him as a head coach, could they possibly get him in in some position? Why would he do that? I don't know why he would do that. You know, he doesn't need the money. Um, Obviously, he's going to try to be a candidate for other jobs if he doesn't get the Miami job. I mean, I don't. I don't see Butch Davis coming in in a football operations role or anything like you know like that. There's there's just no reason for him to do that. Well, okay. Um, right now, Chudzinski looks like he's the most qualified candidate. He's got head coaching experience in the NFL. He was a coordinator here for that group, the greatest team of all time. So and he has Miami ties. Who do you think he'd be a good enough recruiter? That's the that's going to be that's the big question mark with him. And you know I think what you're what you'll see if you go down all the candidates, there's pluses and minuses to all of them. I'm not sure there's any one candidate that has all pluses on their ledger, and that's what's going to make this so difficult for the search group. And Blake James, you know, there's not one guy that seems to be standing out. Now, unless uh, somebody who nobody's even thinking about right now, like, you know, and, and I'll use the example, and this is a guy that I threw on my hot list, um, Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State. I mean, that's a guy that's had incredible success for well over a decade now in college football. He's done a phenomenal job at Michigan State. He's got them in the top ten again this year. Uh you, know, you can go on and on and on about what a good football coach he is and a program operator he is. What if a guy like that suddenly decided, you know what, I've been at Michigan State long enough. I like the idea of going and trying to be the guy that gets Miami back on track, and I think I can do it. And what if, what if his agent calls Blake James and says, hey, Coach D'Antonio would like to be considered for the job? Well, that might turn the whole apple cart upside down. So, you know, there's so many things that could happen. Another guy that... Uh, I thought of today was Pat Fitzgerald um, from Northwestern. I mean, he's another very good coach who's at a school where maybe he can't achieve to the uh, utmost of his abilities, uh, and you know maybe he would be interested in, in a job like this. So there is the possibility 
that somebody will emerge from out of left field, and none of these guys that are, that are being talked about right now by the fan base gets the job. But there's pluses and minuses to all of them. Yeah, well, the, you think the Michigan State coach is going to come here for three million dollars? Not a he chance. Might. Well, I think he's making two six right now. That's all he's making. It's two, he's making six. two six two two six two seven. So Al so, Golden's making as much as him. Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure. I'd have to, I'll have to, I'd have to double check that, but I think when I I remember looking at it at one point and um, pull it up right now while we're, while we're talking. But um, okay. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure his salary is um, is right in 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 that ballpark. Uh, nope, I'm wrong. He he makes th- it's it's three six, not two six. Okay. So right. yeah, th- th- I guess that probably makes him more of a long shot. But you know. Charlie Strong is will is making five million at Texas, and I know for a fact that he's willing to take a pay cut and, and come to Miami. So sometimes you never know. You know, some of these guys have made a lot of money in their career, and it's not all about the money at the as as they start getting older and get to the end. So you know, we'll see. You know, you don't know who might emerge. Gary, Gary, what what is the reason Miami cannot pay more than three million dollars with all the money in South Florida? You you got to be kidding! I How think is it's that, that possible? I, you know, honestly, Greg, I think it's, it's that they have better things to do with the money, and more important things to do with the money. Well, well all the big know, time let me just, athletes let, let, let's let's in Miami, they don't want to kick in a few let, bucks each. Let, let's let's be serious about this for a minute, okay? And be real. Yeah. They don't have the all money. Right. To, they don't have the money to do that, Greg, in the athletic budget. Okay, they can't go that high. That extra million bucks. Would, would blow would blow the budget. So to pay a coach that kind of money, they would have to go get the the general university to contribute to the football coach's salary. And my question is this: You have a university that is very invested in medical research. They're trying to cure cancer. They're trying to re- cure paralysis. Uh, they're working on stem cell research at the medical school and things like that. Would you rather see them put a million dollars? towards that or just go overpay some football coach just so they can pound their chest and say, hey, everybody, we're serious about football now. Don't you criticize us anymore. Paul Feinbaum, you bum. I don't want to hear your BS anymore on college football live. You know, we're darn serious about this now. Is, is, is it worth taking a million dollars away from something else? Yeah, one million dollars out of all the money that gets donated is nothing. Alex Rodriguez contributed four million dollars, didn't he, to the yeah, baseball how, program? How academic people look at it. It's ridiculous. Miami's never going to get back anywhere near where they want to be if they're not going to take it seriously. You saw the crowd last week, and that's what it's going to be. No, you don't have to pay a coach $4 million to get a good coach. You just said it cost them $2 million in ticket sales last week. You multiply that by six or seven games, that's $14 million. For an extra million, come on! You got you got to spend money to make money. Okay? All right, look. There's 128 coaches, okay, in Division One college football. You want to know how many okay. are making? You want to know how many are making four million or more? Sixteen. Sorry, of them. How many? Sixteen. Sixteen, 16? out of 128. 
16. Okay. And, and no, All right, really, Gary, over the last 30 really years, has Miami been one of the top 16 programs in America? It doesn't mean they're top 16 programs. It means that's no, what they they're paying should, their they coach. should pay accordingly if they're one of the top programs. Is Penn State Look a top who's paying the money. Is Penn State a top program? Yeah, of course they are. They were. They're in really. hard times also, like Miami. I mean, if I were paying James Franklin $4.4 million, I think I'd die. Is he worth $4.4 million? Not, not, right, not right now, he's not. Hugh Freeze but, at Mississippi, he just lost to Memphis. Is he worth $4.3 million? Mark Rick to Georgia? Didn't Mark, Mark Rick to Georgia, who has three losses? Is he worth $4 million? Didn't Hugh Freeze beat Nick Saban? Yeah, but he also lost okay. to Memphis. You think Al Golden could ever beat Nick Saban? <laughs> come on, come on, come on. All right, Let's get it cultured here. One last, let me just make one last point. Everyone says it has to be someone uh, affiliated with the university in the past. Why not this guy Herman who worked with Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer's the best coach in America right now. So you think he learned anything from him? He hasn't lost a game this year. Herman will be a very hot guy on the coaching market. The question is he's only been a head coach for a few months. Uh, I'm not sure that that's enough seasoning to come tackle Miami. Miami is a different beast, let's be honest. Well, okay. And meanwhile, Temple's playing on national TV Saturday night against Notre Dame. Isn't that ironic? They wouldn't be if they weren't playing Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. All right. You may, listen, you. you make great points. You make great points. I don't think they're going to pay a coach more than $4 million. Can you keep me on hold, please? Thank you. You got it. Um, you know, I just, you know, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I don't buy into this premise that you have to pay a coach $4 million to get a good coach. We'll see what happens here as the search continues. All right, guys, I want to take a moment to talk to you about our sponsor tonight, SeatGeek and SeatGeek.com. And NFL season is well underway, obviously the college football season. It's opening night in the NBA. And those of you that live in major markets around the country have options to go to all different types of sporting events all the time. And if you need to find tickets, there really is no better place to go looking for tickets than SeatGeek and by using the SeatGeek app. And um, listeners to Kane Sport Live can use the promo code Kane in the SeatGeek app and they'll get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek ticket purchase. It'll take less than a minute to download the app today and you could save 20 bucks on your first purchase. Um, SeatGeek does a ton of things that other ticketing sites don't. They pull in ticket options from hundreds of online ticket sellers to create a one-stop shop for tickets. When you shop on SeatGeek, you're seeing virtually every ticket option available for that game all on one page. There's no need to go anywhere else. Also, they have a great feature called Deal Score that ranks every single ticket on the market for every event with a 1 to 100 value score and plots the best deals on a color-coded interactive map so you can easily identify the best ticket values in the building at a glance. Finally, SeatGeek's mobile app makes the ticket buying process seamless and easy. 
No more typing squiggly letters that you can't read into a box like other sites make you do. On SeatGeek, you can store your credit card, and once you find a ticket you want to buy, you can complete the purchase with just two quick taps. There is no faster way anywhere to buy tickets. To redeem your promo code and save $20 on your first ticket purchase, download the free SeatGeek app today, enter the promo code Kane in the app, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 once you've made your first purchase. Every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is backed by a 100% guarantee. So download the free SeatGeek app today, enter the promo code Kane, and enjoy $20 savings on your first ticket purchase, and know that SeatGeek will always be there to help you find the best tickets to any sporting event that you would like to go to. All right, let's continue on now on the phones, and let's go out to the 754, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's Jerome, man. Uh, uh, Gary, I didn't want to comment on anything about the fire, the fire until it, it occurred. Now it has happened and, and everything. Uh, uh, Gary, I was at the game and, you know, 58 nothing. I left the game feeling, not feeling like I was defeated so, so much, you know, because I felt like something was going to happen uh, in a positive way uh, that was, that, that we could look forward to. And it Sunday night it did. So, uh, but the only thing, Gary, I, I feel like it's unfair for Coach Scott to take over this team, assignment for him on his resume to move forward. And then to hitch Mark D'Onofrio next to him doesn't give him a good doesn't give him an opportunity to to you know, to win. You know? Well so, so I, uh, uh I don't uh, think it's unfair, uh, Jerome. I don't think it's unfair. Yeah. I, I think it's an opportunity for Larry Scott to showcase himself. And, you know, he's come before the media now a, a, a couple times. And I got to tell you something. He's, he's representing himself very impressively and doing a, a, a really nice job of being the front man for the program. And from things I've heard from inside the program, he's also doing a very good job with the players, bringing everybody together, trying to to be a father figure to his kids that are – hurting right now for several different reasons. And really, the, I think the program is kind of rallying around Larry a little bit, and he was a very good choice by Blake James. And like I said, this is a chance for him, not that he's going to become a head coach necessarily in a couple months, and he's certainly not going to be a candidate for the Miami job, but it's a chance for him to be front and center on the big stage for the next five weeks and build – the Larry Scott profile and resume. So I wouldn't feel sorry for him. Any coach who, who would love to get this opportunity. Yeah, that that's true too. But you know, it's just that when you do get an opportunity, you 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 want it. To, you want to put your best foot forward. And then I don't think this is it's just me. I'm I, we, we can just agree to disagree. No, uh, let's, let's, I, I guess no, no, I'm not going to disagree with you at all because there's a great chance that this team goes out at, at Duke on Saturday night and has absolutely nothing in the tank. There's a there's a very strong chance of that. And then you're right, Larry Scott's going to be sitting there and he's going to be holding the dirty laundry, so to speak. But if he can get these kids together and they can go up there with a good game plan and they can compete and win that game, Larry Scott looks like a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. That would be, yeah, he would be looking like a million dollars, and hopefully that, you know, plays out that way, you know. But, uh, 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 Gary, moving on to the, uh, the new coach and everything. You know something? If you got a popularity contest like this, when you ask that question about Bush Davis, the first thing I think about, the first guy I think about is John Robinson at USC. He, he, he brought USC to a national title, and then he took the Rams job. Then he came back to USC. And he didn't really get USC back to what it was when he left. And that's what I'm thinking. Bobby Petrino, he's back at, at Louisville. Some, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Butch Davis, but we have no guarantee about what's going to happen when he comes back. I would hope he would bring some young – if he's to be hired, I would hope he'd bring young assistants in where he doesn't have to do so much of the legwork where he can focus on closing a lot and some young aggressive uh, coaches who are good recruiters, by the way. And, uh, you know, maybe that can work in his favor you know, with his when you consider his age and you know, uh, you know uh, where he is right now, you know, because uh, we we all want to grab that success that we once had, and I, uh, it's it's not an easy formula to put back together, Gary, and that's uh, what what a lot of King fans uh, might not seem to be able to understand, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, also, I believe uh, it's a guy out there like you say may come out of left field, may come right out of left field. Jimmy Johnson came out of left field. Sam Jankovic was was at a coaching convention asking him about another coach, and he said, hey, I would be interested in that job. So you never know which way this thing can can turn, you know, but it's going to be interesting to see. It came out of left field when when they hired Butch Davis. Paul D. was on his way to Arizona to interview another candidate, and at the last minute, Jimmy Johnson called and said, why aren't you talking to Butch and, and talk Paul D into stopping in Dallas before on his way to Arizona. And you know what happened? Paul what D happened? never made it, never made it to Arizona. He went to Dallas. Wow. He, inter- he interviewed Butch Davis. Butch Davis blew him away to such a degree that Paul D ended the search. He hired Butch Davis on the spot. He canceled the trip to Arizona and return to South Florida. So you are wow. so you are so so right. This thing you don't have any idea where it's going until the last second when somebody gets hired. And what exactly. went on here? What went on here the last time when they hired Al Golden is a perfect example. And I was caught in the crossfire of it. And I know people use it as an excuse to give me shit today. Today. To this day, over what happened with John Gruden back when Miami was searching for a coach the last time. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I remember it too. It's one of the few times in my 35-plus year career that I've been burned. But you know what? When Kirby Hoka got in his car the day after my story and went to Tampa, that was to Mm -hmm. finalize the contract terms. Everybody at the university thought it was a done deal. I mean, I had sources at at the highest levels of the university who told me about it that were my sources for the story, that told me it was a done deal. There was no doubt in the University of Miami's mind at that point, in Kirby Hocutt's mind, that John Gruden was going to be the next coach of Miami. Well, next thing you know, he goes and he drives all the way to Tampa to finalize these contract terms, and he finds out that John Gruden has, has been playing with him. 
And now, all of a sudden, John Gruden's no longer a candidate, and they're back to square one, and they end up with Mark Tressman and Al Golden. And no, nobody could have predicted that while all that was right. going on. So mm-hmm. you are so totally right. This thing can go anywhere. We've got hot lists. We've got polls. We're having fun with it. But at the end of the day, even the search group has no idea where this is going to end because tomorrow somebody else could land on their doorstep. Exactly, exactly. And that's and, and I be honest with you, Gary, I, you know, when you've been a Kane fan for as long as you and both, uh, you know, as we have, you know, when, when this it's kind of it's kind of refreshing and, and it's kind of a little fun to play with it and, and to walk through it again. You know, hopefully it'll be the right high. You know, but this time, you know, when they hired Golden, uh, Gary, I don't think we we were so blown away that he pulled off somewhat of a miracle working job at Temple to get them to win because all we our memory of Temple is when we were in the Big East, they got kicked out. Uh, they they looked like they were miserable failures. Uh, uh, I was I heard that Joe Paterno even told Al Golden not to take that job, and he still went on and took it. And yet, it, you know, we didn't look, we didn't really look behind the scenes of of uh, breaking down what was the philosophy, what was their style of play, what was, you know, what 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 was uh what was their signature play that they used to when they were in trouble to go to. We didn't look at what was the uh, what 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 made them win those games. Well, you know. We didn't look at those things. We just basically were so blown away about what he did. And then he was such a good speaker and communicator, we we even lost lost sight of that. That when but when he came in here and started coaching, then we started saying, Man, this you know, he's he blew he's blowing games we should win. No different from Randy or or Coker, you know, we we were blowing games that we should have won. And that therefore that led on downward spiral to where he ended up being dismissed. And unfortunately, I hope he uh, uh, continues to, you know, I, I, as, a, as a human being, we couldn't have had a better guy, though. You know, I'm, I was so thankful. I want to pass my condolences also to Artie Burns' family and so forth and so on, you know, that you know that I heard Al Golden was there and everything. He recruited Artie Burns. He knew his mother very well. And any time that's when real life happened, when something like that happened, and we get all caught up in, wins and losses, that, that's the real deal right there, Gary. Yep, no doubt about it. That is the real. All right, you got anything, you hey, got anything else tonight? No, nah, no, nah, that's it, Gary. Just keep me on hold, man. You have a blessed weekend. And, Gary, like I say, the rest of the games, I don't kind of have a feel about the rest of the season, Gary. I just want to see that we make the right hire and come, you come in here because, Gary, there's still a tremendous amount of talent here. That It's still enough for – for even for the other schools to come and get, but we just need to get the kind that come here that changes us, that takes us to the level we want to get to. All righty. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right. You take care now. You got it. All right. 646-595-2048 is the number. When you call in, hit the number one. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 706. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice, you're going to have to call back. All right, let's go to the 404. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, Shad. This is my first time caller. Oh, welcome to the show. We like first time callers. Alrighty. I got a couple of things. 
what do you think if um, Crystal Ball comes on as the coach and then he keeps Coley's Kevin Beard, bring in someone like Ed O'Dron as a D coordinator, Mike Rump as the DB coach, uh, D line coach Kevin Patrick, and keep Hurley at linebacker coach. You know, I don't think I don't think let me stop you. There there is no way in heck you're going to be able to name tell Mario Cristobal who's going to be on his coaching staff. You know, he if, if he gets the job, he he's going to have a pretty darn good idea who he wants and it, it's not going to be a situation where we're sitting here and naming those people the way you are right now. Uh you know, one thing I'll tell you is everybody on that staff will be able to recruit like absolute maniacs um and be uh-huh. able to and and be very good coaches because uh, the one thing I do know about Mario is he understands the importance of both of those things. Yeah, and it's not so, going to be uh, it's not going to be a situation where you're going to be able to sit here and name all these common names and and former Hurricanes and things like that. And that he's going to just because he's a former Hurricane, he's going to put him on his staff. You know, Mario's been around for a while. He he knows a lot of very good coaches, and he's going to go out and try to find the best. So you don't think Mike Rump would be a good DB coach? I don't know if he would or wouldn't, but why? Are, why do some people think that the only good coaches are former Hurricanes? Like, why does why does everybody have to be a former Hurricane the coach here? I mean, because I was listening to an interview he was doing earlier. Mike Rump, yeah, was, on like QAM, Harry. where they tried that, where they kept asking yeah. him if, if if he was interested, if he was if he was a candidate for the head coaching job. So the, yeah, those, I don't mind. that's crazy. That show, I thought that was they crazy. should be ashamed of themselves. Ashamed of themselves yeah. that they're sitting there on yeah. drive time radio in a market like Miami asking ridiculous questions like that. Yeah, that was. I thought that was crazy. You don't. You don't ask nobody that's currently employed with the high school and in the same in the same market, just like you said. But what about um? Do you, so if the new coach do come along, do you think he keeps KB on the staff then? Don't know. KB's gonna have to go back through the interview process again. Dang. You know, I don't. I, mean, I, I don't think, think he did a real good job with the receivers, he, though. Yeah, he's he's done a decent job, but you know, nobody's guaranteed anything when there's a coaching change. Everybody's back to square one. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. You got All anything right. else? Uh, you good for you good the, for tonight? Um, yeah, I'm good for tonight. Appreciate it. Hey, right, hey, thanks for uh, participating in the show, and please make sure you do it again, okay? All right, keep me on hold. You got it. All right, let's go out now to the 985. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, swagger for life, man. You've been a busy man the past couple days. Oh, my God, you have no idea. Man, I can't – I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I, I am flat exhausted, man. It's like I've been going to bed 2 a.m. My phone doesn't stop buzzing the whole night. It wakes me up every 20 minutes. You know, I'm up at 6 in the morning. People are calling. People. I mean, it's just – it's 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 really crazy. I mean, it's it's absolutely nuts. I mean, I'm getting calls from from people who who are tied to that want to be candidates who are calling <laughs> to ask questions about the roster and this and that, and they're they're trying to decide if they if they want to be candidate. I mean, it's I'm telling you, it's just it's absolutely freaking insane. But the I'm happy. To- of, my opinion on it, the level of retardedness that has hit an all-time high in my oh. in my mind. Uh, yeah, you, for, you know, for, no, uh, and to make matters worse, the first half hour of the the real show tonight 
there was nobody on the lines because the dang phone lines weren't working. So we had to reboot the whole system and start the show all over again. <laughs> so I'm yeah, not, so yeah now, I was one of the guys trying to get on. But, yeah, well, uh, I, I, I'm talking for 45 minutes straight, so now I'm losing my voice too. But but I'm right. I'm tough. I'm tough. We're rocking. So what you got tonight? Uh, so so here's here's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, here's the deal. Here's the split. We we have a program that's fired its last three head coaches. We've got the camp that says we need a former person that has ties with the program. Then you have a camp that says we need new blood. The question becomes, at the end of the day, I think, for the search committee is, can they or do they have the gumption to take a chance on somebody that is less seasoned and, quote, unquote, new to the program with, the past three hires going south over the past. I would decade. say new to the pro- new to the program. I would say yes. I don't. I don't think a requirement of this job is that you have ties to the University of Miami in the past. Um, I, I think that they'll go into the search open-minded. I think they're going to see who comes their way. I think that they're going to reach out to some people and see if they're interested. I think that they'll then decide who they're going to interview, and they'll sit back and they'll assess what they've got after that interview process. And so, no, I don't think that you have to have been at the University of Miami in the past or have ties to the university to get this job. But can you be not unseasoned, which was the second part of your question? No, I don't think you can be unseasoned. I think this is way too important to hire, and I think you've got to find somebody who's a proven commodity where you know what you're getting and your risk is very, very low. Which is my issue with guys like Tom Herman and Justin Wednesday, who I absolutely love. But, I mean, look, the, Tom Herman's been a coach a year, Wednesday two. I just think that's a stretch for a job like this with where we are with the program, given the last three hires. I think no doubt about it. I, season, but, I personally could not agree with you more. You're 100% spot on. And number two, where the retardedness comes in, and you're spot on on this, you see these idiots on ESPN – Saying we got to spend twenty million a year on a coach, give them a message. These guys are a joke. All these guys, this fine bomb uh, uh, clown, and, and the rest, of, the rest of these guys trashing our program on, on all these other uh, you know media outlets. Forget, forget these clowns. They don't know nothing about Miami. They've probably never been to Coral Gables. They probably don't know anything about the stadium upgrades that have happened. They're just talking out of their rear end. So that's my message to, to that crew. Um, uh, for the night. It's been so frustrating the past couple of days hearing these, these, these clowns trash my program. And I know we've always been hated, but I guess maybe I'm paying more attention to it now, and it's just it's upsetting. But Could you, anyway, couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> that that being said, I just I just wanted to, to digress a minute. Look, I, I'm still I'm still in the Butch Davis camp, but if I had if I had, if it was a guy that was going to come out of left field. And that I think was a, would be a proven commodity, and it does have to Miami and the Miami program. I like Mark Stoops for the job because he's a proven coach. He's hit his ceiling at Kentucky. He's not going to go any further than that. Kind of all out what you said about Mark D'Antonio, but we can't afford D'Antonio. They won't pay more than three million a year, which they again they don't have to. But I think he would be if there's a like a kind of a left field candidate that's out there. I like him for the job uh, uh, the best if. You know, they pass on Butch and they pass on Crystal Ball and they decide to go in another direction. Did, did you vote yet? 
in in the poll that we have on on the message boards at Kane Sport? Oh, oh yeah, I voted. I, I'm I'm a Butch Davis guy. I, I mean, I, look, they, they that would put fans back in the seat. Like you said, I mean, it, he instant credibility with with South Florida with the high school recruits. Uh, you know, you, you sat you sit Butch down in that head coaching chair January first. Uh, I'm sorry, December first, and now he's off to IMG Academy talking to Shavar Emanuel and some of those big-time recruits that are recruited into the SEC, and we, we probably steal a few of them. I mean, that's that's why I just it, – to me, it's, it's just a no-brainer. Maybe he brings Mario as an assistant coach. You know, maybe that happens if he comes in. It's just and – I, and I know you went through the pluses and minuses. Gary, you talked to him the other day. I mean, is there anything, any nuances you can give from that conversation that maybe you didn't mention before, like the, any feeling that you got from him? As far as how he how he feels about coming back. Well, I, I'll tell you. Before the conversation, I was concerned about the age factor. By the time I hung up with the phone with him, and I heard the passion and energy that he would have for the job, I didn't have concerns about the age anymore. I, I you know I think obviously you know you have to figure you, you would have him five, six, seven years. Uh, you know once once he starts getting into his seventies, you know you don't know what the situation is going to be. I, obviously, a lot then starts to depend on health. And that sort of thing. Unfortunately, you know, we we all get older, and uh, you know, it's just it's just part of being human beings. But but uh, you know, all that considered, you know, when I, when I heard him talk, I, I I you know, I left that conversation thinking it absolutely must be a final five candidate who gets an interview, and and I think he will be. And um, I think that the university is aware of how the fans feel. I don't think. You know, I'm, I I I know that Blake James is getting thousands of emails a day, and I know that a lot of them are about Butch Davis. I mean, they're not naive about the passion that the fan base has for Butch. So, you know, that gives him a little bit of an edge going in. Uh, but it'll, I think it'll all be decided in that interview by what kind of answers Butch Davis has to some very tough questions that he's going to get from that committee. Sure. As he said, look, he, I mean, when he, when he came on, you know, the radio network uh, Monday morning, and, and they they asked him point blank about that. I mean, he he laughed that off so fast, so quickly. You know, he just he came out and said it was an outright joke. You know, yeah, the, the age thing. The age thing. Well, he feels, you know, he feels that where coaches who have gotten older have gotten themselves into trouble was the fact that they hate they always they hated recruiting. And as they got older, they, it was tougher and tougher to mount the passion and the energy to recruit the way you have to recruit in college football today. And what Butch said is, I absolutely love every second of it. He says, I'm never going to hate it. He says, it's, 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 it, you know, I have a strong passion for it. I've always had an affinity and, uh, for it and loved it. And that's not going to be an issue for me. And and that's what that and, and and we all know that that's that's the lifeline of college football recruiting and that's what sets them apart from a Chesinski, you know that's what sets them apart from some of these other guys who may not have that passion for recruiting that this guy does. Man, look, he, he he's a great talent eval, evaluator. He's a great salesman of a program. He's already done it one time. I mean, what else do you need? Okay, he had he got he got in uh, some hot water at UNC. He was cleared by ten investigative panels. He's got the letters to prove it. He said that the other day, you know. So, I, you know, I just think, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, I just don't see how you can't you can't look past, you know, all those all those intangibles and all those, uh, you know, you say you got plus and minus, but see how you get past all that. I just can't. well, about fi- about five hundred and seventy fans have voted so far in the poll, 
And Butch Davis has 71.3% of the vote. <laughs> I mean, wow. it's stunning. It's 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 stunning that, that the base of support that he has in this coaching search. So, you know, it's it, it's it'll be interesting. Can't go wrong with him. Any chance you get uh you're gonna get on uh, with Fine Bomb the next couple of weeks? No, nah, I don't. I have no interest in talking to that guy. Who cares? Good. Neither does anybody else around here. Yeah. Listen, I just, I just wanted to uh, say one more thing about uh, Al Golden. Very class act. Uh, him showing up, um, you know, for uh, for Mr. Burns and his family. Uh, prayers go out to that family for for what that kid's going through. Uh, right now, and uh, very, very classy move by Al. Look, Al, Al's, Al's a good guy. He was a class act, you know, here at Miami. Couldn't get it done on the field. Maybe a little bit, you know, out, you know, out of his range on the field. I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere else. But that was a class act by that guy. And again, first to the burn. Totally agree. And and those players are going to be out there on Saturday night playing for Al Golden. You can bet on that. Uh, and 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 that that that's a good thing because you know, yeah, he failed, and yeah, the job was probably too big for him. But it wasn't that he. It wasn't because he didn't have a deep burning passion to be successful here. So you know he wasn't just mailing it in. He he worked tirelessly to try to do his job well. Just at the end of the day, the job was just a little too big for him, and he was never able to figure out the things that you need to do at a job like Miami to be successful. Sure. All right. Hey, thanks. Thanks for being part of the show. Let me let some other people get on and uh, give us a call next week. Uh, okay, Gary. Thanks a lot, man. You got it. All right, let's go back to the eight five zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing, Hi, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Travis up here in Tallahassee. Hey, what's up, Travis? Can Welcome back. I finally wear my Canes gear and support my team with a little bit of pride. You know, that, that's the whole thing about this firing is it actually allows a fan base to rally around this team, the players again, and actually root for victories instead of flying banners around the stadium. And, hoping for defeat. Also, you know, the fine bomb thing, he's out of his mind, but there's a, there's a few things. This, it it does feel like administration has like left this program where it is. I mean, beyond the coach, the next hire, what is this administration going to do to move this program forward? I mean, we're still talking about two years with Blake James saying, Oh, we're going to build an indoor practice facility. Well, how close are we to that? Is that even a feasible goal? If they hire Butch Davis, I, I bet you within 30 days they have the money raised for it. I mean, when I, what I'm looking at with this base of support is, un, to me, unprecedented. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And, and you know, I think that they would have a, a very easy time raising the $20 million they need to build that indoor practice facility if if they hire Butch Davis. And, you know, that's not necessarily a reason to hire a guy, but you know what? This is also a business. And, you know, yeah, Butch brings question marks in terms of on-the-field coaching, but uh, he doesn't bring question marks in terms of the tickets he would sell, the donations he would inspire, the excitement that would, you know, be brought to the program. So, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons to take his candidacy very serious. Absolutely. There's you know a couple people. I, I I'm not a big fan of Chud. I I don't really. I mean, if he gets hired, I, I'm kind of indifferent on that one. Cristobal, I'm sorry. I, I just feel. I don't. I don't know. I don't want him as my coach, man. If if it's him, stick the nail in the in the program. I'm just I'm over Cristobal. He's and it's not because he left to go to Alabama. I understand that. Go get your money, man. No problem there, you know. And you don't want to work for Al Golden. I completely understand that too. You know, I was already at the fire Al Golden point at that time. 
But I just, if he had another head coaching job before, you know, then I'd be all right. Maybe South Florida or Central Florida or something like that. But the couple of years he spent at FIU is not enough for me for him to be the head coach of Miami moving forward, especially when we're talking about this has to be a home run hire. He is definitely a long shot to be a home run hire. I mean, beyond the recruiting aspect. Well, that'll be the question about that. You know, well, you, you can't okay. you can't question his ability as a recruiter. You can't question how he'll be received by the fan base. I think he would be well received. You know, the one the one issue is has he been a head coach at, in a strong enough position to be ready for the Miami job? He obviously Absolutely. thinks he thinks he is, and a lot of people agree with that. But when the search committee sits down to review it, like I said, when they're going to be looking at pros and cons. That will probably be the only con on that side of the ledger for Mario Cristobal. Right, right. And and the guy you threw out earlier, just please know uh, to Pat Fitzgerald. Um, sorry, he is a good coach, but it's almost like bringing in Al Golden 2.0. A little well, bit more correct. passionate, but running the same Big Ten stuff that we've all been hating on for the last five years. You know, it, it's, it would be the exact same thing over again, but a proven track record. But here's my question. You guys kept going through these lists of people that are head coaches that you, you say that Herman and Fuente, you know, probably are not really on the hot list because of their lack of experience. Well, who are some legitimate? Well, we have because, to put them. Know, we have to put them on just in case. I mean, we don't know what direction the you know the Blake and and and, and his group are going to go. I mean, so those I'd two guys. I'd actually be happy with either of them. Well, those two guys are going to be being pushed for jobs by the search firms. Because that's what they that's what they do, you know, and the agents and right. and uh, so we can't dismiss them, and that's why we have so many names on the hot list. I saw a couple guys taking shots at me on the message board because we have so many names on the hot list. Well, the search hadn't even started yet, and and we got to cover everybody that's a, that we could think of that's a possibility, and that might have a reason to be interested in the job because we don't have any idea where it's going. So you know, that's the reason for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, do you have a feeling of does it have to be an offensive-minded or defensive-minded coach? I mean, it, to, is there that kind of sense around the, uh, the the building, you know, of which way they would like to go, which way they want to build the program? I don't it, think so. You know, maybe they're going to stick with – You know, typically I think if you had a preference and you're searching for a coach, you'd probably lean towards the offensive side. You know, most head coaches are – typically offensive minds. I mean, obviously there's some that are defensive minds, but most are usually offense. But I don't think that there's a predisposition in this case. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on, Gary. Anytime, man. Make sure you call us uh, again maybe next week. All right. All right, let's go down now to the 305. Well, thank you for having me on, Gary. (laughs) Uh, You're now live on Kane Sport Live, but try to turn off your background noise. Are you with us? Hello. There you are. Thank you. Um, who's this? Oh my God, Jake at twenty four ten. Hey, what's up, man? Talk to us. Oh my God, you're earning your you're earning, you're earning your paycheck this week, dude. Trying, man. Trying. I'm always oh I always try to come through for you guys. I, I I hope we're doing a good job. Listen, you you have definitely been in that cone of the tornado this weekend. I'm sure you've. You've seen it, you've heard it, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things that we don't know about that you've seen and, well, and that have gone you know, through this started, week. It started Saturday at the stadium during the game. 
And you know, I've just I've been around the program for so long. I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but I just had a feeling that that was really it. And I I sat down at halftime and I started writing the column talking about how Butch Davis needed to come to grips with the fact that that this was really it. That he, you know, rather than sit there and wait to get fired, he needed to go into Blake James and and resign. And um, you know, I'm not sure exactly how it played out. I I think that that um Al dug his heels in a little bit and and Blake you know probably had to had to pull the plug himself um but I just had a feeling at the stadium Saturday that he was going to be be gone the next day and it, and it played out that way and um you know we were when it happened we were already in overdrive and you know that's why we were able to get so much information and everything out to you guys so quickly Right now, you you had mentioned you you had said Butch Davis, but I know you meant Al Golden. So so I obviously so going to my first question, uh, when he was giving his post game speech, um, he was asked whether or not he was worried about his job, and he he very quickly said no. Do you really feel that he believed that at that point, because maybe perhaps of his buyout was so of so was so big that he was not going that he was going to actually survive this fifty eight to nothing loss? He's as positive a guy as I've ever seen. And yeah, I think he really believed it. I, I think he I don't think he ever did you know, I, I he obviously was aware of the unrest in the fan base and stuff, but I don't think he ever believed that he was going he was going to be fired. I think that you know, he I think he came into this year feeling good about the team. I think he felt that they were going to win. I think he felt that they were going to win the coastal. And I just don't think that he ever considered that it was all going to fall apart. You know, I was sitting club level uh, during the game on Saturday, and I had a, a really good friend of mine that was in from out of town, from Atlanta. And uh, unfortunately, there was a gentleman that was there with his kid, uh, you know, two rows down and maybe five seats over. And he was just, he was very animated. I don't, he wasn't, in, you know, he wasn't intoxicated by any means, but, you know, he was so emotionally upset and angry. Uh, and he ended up getting into a little uh, altercation with some people behind him to where they had to call not only the security, but eventually, you know, a cop to come over. And, and, and I know this was going on, you know, in the, in, the, in the stands all around the stadium. And it's, you know, it's just, uh, it, it was just really an, an unfortunate circumstance. And, and, I, and I get where the guy's coming from because I've emotionally, I've been there before. And, uh, you know, I just, I just, I said to myself at that point, this is, this is not a good thing. And this is, it really needs to be addressed and changed because, you know, then they started with the, uh, you know, the, the, the fire of golden chance, and it just, it, it was like, it, it's, you know, and I've been to many Canes games in the past, you know, I was at the Hill Flutie game, I was, I was in the stadium when we were beating Maryland 31 nothing. they came back and beat us, you know, I was, I was on the field for one of the national championship games, and this is one of those scenarios where I was like, wow, this is, this is one of those feelings that you know is not right, and needs to be corrected immediately, for the sake and for the health of the program. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of curious. There's a, a video floating around in regards to uh, Kareem Brown yelling at uh, Coach Mark D'Onofrio. Um, was there any clarification of what that was about? Do you know of or what? I'm pretty sure that it had to do with a botched play call. You know, the way they work is D'Onofrio makes the call. He radios it in the headsets to Kareem Brown, who sends in the signals to the defense. And, you know, if you watch on the sideline, you'll see Kareem frantically doing signals and, you know, calling the, calling the plays. And my guess is the wrong play call got sent in and, 
you know, so they were kind of yelling at each other a little bit. It, it was it was a very uh, it was a very interesting video for sure, and you know, Kareem was very animated, and he he looked like you know he looked like he was about to fight somebody, and then Mark kind of looked at him like you know what's the, what's what's up, dude? What's the problem? You know, it's like he's like chill out. Um, but again, it, you know, it was one of the heat of the moment things as a fan that you see and you're like, wow, it's like, wow, it's, it's really like this on the field. It's really like this. And I mean, they're really yeah, going that, through this. It's like, that stuff happens it, more it, than, than you, than you would think. And, and usually the fans are shielded from it, but you know, it, it's an intense game an intense sport. And, you know, those guys are cranky. They don't sleep very much during the week and uh, a great deal of time and effort goes into preparation for those games and stuff. And, you know, it gets heated down there. I I, I do agree with you. Um, you know, going into the, the you know the next coach and and who they should hire. Um, you know, this this is obviously you know a, a university that has a football team, and the football team puts a product on the field, and they rely on us to you know to go out and buy their product, whether it's season tickets, merchandise. You know, uh, there, there's a lot of money that goes involved that that's involved in this game, and, and as fans, what we put into it. Um, you would you would think that if you're running a business that you would listen to what your your customers are asking from you or what you what the what the what the fans in this case are asking from you and you know I we all know that Butch is going to get his chance he's going to get the interview I I don't think this needs to really be like it, it, we're making it sound like it's going to be like a five hour interview and I don't really think it even needs to go there. Oh, it- it you know, might be a five, I, I think, it might be a five hour interview. <laughs> no, I, I know, but but I don't. If, but if I was Butch Davis, I wouldn't make it a five hour interview. I would. There, there, there. You know, you, you can sell things if you can properly articulate your point. You don't need to spend five hours on on two subjects, which I'm imagining would be, you know, what happened when you left for Cleveland and what happened in North Carolina. You know, uh, in the Thirty for Thirty film, Butch clearly said, "I made a mistake. I, I regret this wholeheartedly. What I did." You know, he he simply needs to just reiterate that in their meeting. There really is nothing else to discuss. I made a mistake. It's one of the biggest regrets of my life. I, I want to come back here and make this right. Please give me the chance. Please give me the opportunity. You know, in regards to North Carolina, you know, they've said that he's been cleared with letters from the NCAA. Um, there, there's not a doubt in my mind that the University of Miami is not capable of having a system of checks and balances in place to where we never had that type of a problem here. Because obviously that could be a big issue. Um, when Butch came here after the Pell Grant scandal, you know he was he was limited on scholarships. Um, he, he you know he clearly stated that he had to think outside the box. He was pulling uh, uh, kids here on scholarships and other sports, which is was was very smart. Um, he held them accountable. You know they raised the GPA uh, scores of a lot of the of a lot of the athletes, and he started recruiting you know these A-type personality athletes. That ended up, you know, uh, being successful for him. Successful for, uh, for him. So, uh, you know, some a caller earlier said, "Well, the game has passed him by," or maybe the game has passed him by. The game hasn't passed Butch Davis by. Okay, it's not. It hasn't been that long since he's been in the game. When he was a defensive coordinator for North Carolina, they were already running the spread option and and all those funny offensive plays and things that they got going on now. The game hasn't passed Butch Davis by. Okay, Butch Davis has always been known for being a great evaluator of talents. And at the end of the day, that's what I really think is important. You know, so he's a couple years older, big deal. He needs to come in. They need to give him the job. He needs to come in. He needs to surround himself with a, with a staff. And he, 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 he needs to let his, his position coaches, 
handle their jobs, and he needs to oversee things and, and, and take care of business. Um, you know, Jimmy wasn't a position coach back in the day. Jimmy was a figurehead. Okay, Jimmy was great with the media. Okay, I was on the field during practicing when Jimmy was there. Jimmy would run out, around, run around to all the different positions, and he would he would be there at all these different you know positions, whether it was the defensive line or the offensive running backs or whatever. He would run around the field and make sure everybody was doing their thing. You know, so th- this isn't rocket science at the end of the day. Butch Davis doesn't need to come in and uh, you know and 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 uh, and, and create miracles. Butch D- Davis needs to be exactly who he is. He needs to be a great evaluator of talent, like we already he is he needs to have a good staff behind him that can that can that can uh, that can coach these kids up and he needs to overlook and oversee what's going on in the field and get rid of all the nonsense that is going on and 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 so you know going back to earlier this morning uh when i came into my office and the first thing i do is go i go on uh, cansport.com um and and the videos that were posted by uh matt shodell shodell yeah and and just it's just it's ridiculous man you know, it's 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 there 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 there's four or five videos, and all you hear is this blaring music in the background. You have players that are dancing. It it just doesn't. It, it's nothing like it was back in the day, dude. I was on the field for many practices with Jimmy Johnson back in the day when when all the fans would were able to go out to practice. You can sit on the sideline and you can watch practice. It wasn't like it is today. There was no music playing in the background like it is today. It's it's like American bandstand on that field. It's, 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 it's I've always like thought it's ridiculous. And and it, I said before the year, you know, you uh, every I'm sure most people listening are going to remember this when I talked about during fall camp that I didn't like the way that team was practicing. And and I saw the I saw problems from the very first day of of training camp and a few of the coaches were a little upset with me and and you know, I got some zingers, they they they, you know, they they're not getting it. This isn't this isn't a situation where we're out on the field. First of all, I don't like when they practice to begin with. We, we never practice in the morning back in the day. We always practice in the afternoon. And I, and I really think it's significant, and people might brush it off. But I, I, think, there's, I think practicing in the afternoon or, or closest to the time when you would play games is very, very important. They don't do that now. They got the kids in there at 7 in the morning. They're practicing. I, I think it kind of takes away from, from them playing and from them actually being in a state of mind of playing their performance. Um, I, I'm, I'm, firm, I'm a big fan of, of afternoon practices, and that's how we did it back in the day, and it was successful. Yeah, they, they, um, they've just been worried about getting rained out so much, you know, and the university has got this, they, this crazy lightning system, and if there's lightning within 30 miles, I mean, yeah, I think it's like a 30-mile radius or something, or, uh, or 25 miles or something, this this, they're not allowed to go back on the practice field for half an hour. And the, well, so the darn thing every afternoon is going off. There, there, there are certain points in the, in, the, in, the, in the time of the year where the storms get less and less. So we're going into November. You know, the storms get less and less. We're going to the winter months. You know, so you, you, can, you can change your practice schedule to accommodate the administration, whatever type of crazy hurricane warning system or lightning system they have on. You can adapt, and you can, and you can make your plans accordingly. Um, dude, it, it's just like, God, I mean, the videos today were like – and I posted on it. I'm like – and some guy was, was harping on me for what I had posted, and I'm like, dude, you don't understand. This is ridiculous. Oh, they just went through 72 hours of a hard time. Well, they don't look like they're having a hard time. There was like two or three dudes that were simply that – were, that were doing the, 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 uh, the, the Macarena while the music was playing. I'm like, come on, man. You, 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 can't, you can't coach a team like that. You, you need, they need to be able to hear direction. You know, um, 
The, I, the biggest thing you should hear in those practices is, the, is a horn going off when you got to change your, your, your thing. So it, there definitely needs to, be, needs to be a culture change. I can assure you one thing. If Butch Davis is the head coach of Miami in six months from now or three months or whatever it is, I can assure you the next Sounds time we see a video of them practicing the – there, there is going to be no music on. It's going to be, it's going to be the, it's going to be, we're we're going to go retro on people and 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 kind of, you know, get back to to to, to actually practicing, and uh and and doing what they need to do. Um, you know, Larry Scott. You know, uh, I saw his his uh, his his uh, interview today. You know, very articulate guy. Seems focused. Um, you know, I, I, a couple weeks ago, I, I I was kind of harping on the fact that Golden was calling his players kids. Um, and actually, I was happy that Larry Scott referred to them as young men today a couple times. Um, he did refer to them as kids once, but that was the only time. Um, you know, it's you know, it's uh, you know, there, there, there's a time to grieve and a time to you know to, to deal with the kid with these guys and, and and you know on a mental uh, 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 you know on the mental as far as them you know if if they just came off of a, of a big loss and now you've got a, a player whose mom died. But at the end of the day, man, he's got to get them back to work and focused, and and and, that, and and they really need to kind of somehow be able to channel that anger, that aggression, uh, you know, the 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 emotions of your best friend losing his mom, and they need to go out and 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 take that out on Duke. I mean, I've seen this story many times before. You know, uh, Brett Favre when he lost his father, he went donkey on Monday Night Football, did he not? I mean, he tore him up. You know, so. I would be more if I was Duke. I would be worried about these guys coming into town and possibly their mindset and where they are and and what could possibly happen to them. And I and I really hope that they 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 tie it all together. I hope they go into Duke focused, and I hope they just unleash all their anger and their fury and the emotions of losing their coach and what happened to Artie Burns' mom. And I just hope somehow that they 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 take care of their business. I don't think this team is going to win the Coastal. I'm sorry. Um, the, I think that really the best we can hope for is them winning three of five games, going seven and five. We get into a bowl game. Maybe we win the bowl game. Maybe we don't. But if we can finish seven and six at the least, seven and, uh, eight and five with a bowl game win, going into spring with a new coach, I think to me that's the best scenario for this team at this point. So yep. uh, I'm going to leave you with that and your thoughts. Yep, no, great, great call. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said, and uh, I think you just got to look forward to the day when the team does get back to a no-nonsense football practice and then plays better on Saturday. But this Saturday is going to be very interesting. I agree. All right, we'll hey, thanks for happens. the call. God bless. And uh, give us a call next week. All right, man. Bye. Yep. All right, let's go out to the um, the nine one seven now, where you're now live. Well, you're going to be live in one second. There we go. Um, you're now live on Sport Live. Hey, Gary, you there? Yep. Yeah, hey. I was curious about potentially bringing uh, Mario back, but, but marrying him with another candidate. I've heard rumors or seen rumors on Twitter about Smart possibly being interested. Uh, a, a Mario-Smart pairing could be interesting, especially if you could possibly raid Alabama for another uh, position coach. What do you think? I think first and foremost right now, Mario Cristobal is going to be focused on the head job. I, I don't think he's thinking of being anybody's number two guy right now. I, I think this is, you know he's waited his whole life for this, and 
you know, now the job's open, and obviously he wants it, and I think that's where his focus is going to be. And I don't think you could really think about any of these other scenarios until it's decided who's going to be the number one guy. Yeah, I hear you. But if you're the university, I just feel like if you have the, the potential to have more than one head in there at the same time or more than one of these ace or top, you know, uh, names in this hat, you, you'd interview these guys and see if you could make that happen first. I think it depends who your guy is, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, you know, th- yeah. those are all things that you deal with once you know who you want to be the head coach. Yeah. And then, you know, I heard you say earlier you're not a big fan of Herman, but I, I really like his attitude. No, I didn't say that. Present- I'm a fan okay. of Herman. I, th- I think he's an up-and-coming guy. I, d- I just think that it's too soon in his head coaching career to – Put him in my in Miami. I, I think it, you know this is a very very difficult job. You know you have to have t- ties to the high school community. You have to have the trust of the high school coaches. Uh, you have to know that they're going to be honest with you about their kids. You know the, the the biggest thing about the Miami head coaching job is mm-hmm. recruiting evaluation. Who you offer scholarships? Who you t- end up taking? Do you do your due diligence? Do you find out who the the problem kids are and aren't, and, and make sure you stay away from kids that are going to bring your program down? Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff that goes into Miami that maybe doesn't go into other other places, and uh, it takes a, a coach with some experience, I think. And I just don't feel that Tom Herman is at that stage of his career yet. That doesn't mean they won't yeah. go in this direction, though. You know, they've looked at that type of coach before, obviously. But I just think they need somebody a little more proven right now. Have you heard anybody talking about him besides the fans? Oh, absolutely. I, he's going to be one of the hot names in college football. I mean, look what he's doing in Houston this year. And there's going to be a lot of yeah. jobs open. There's going to be a lot of openings. And without so do a doubt. Do you think get an interview, or do you think they would just look somewhere else? At the end of the day, if I had to make a bet, it would be no. But... I don't think you could ignore him, and that's why he's on our list right now. Yeah. All right. I guess that's all I got for you tonight. All right. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Let's go out now to the 770. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's happening? Doing good. Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, Royal, man, from Atlanta. Hey, what's up, Royal? What you got for us tonight? Oh, man. I'm just listening to everybody, man. You know, everybody got an opinion, man. Um Good ones, me though. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, me personally, I would love the Bush Davis hire. I'm a huge Bush guy. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about recruiting, recruiting. Yeah, recruiting is fine, but a lot of guys can recruit, but they can't develop players. And I think that's what Bush Davis reigns supreme is in, in developing and evaluating. And a lot of guys, of course, Miami has a lot of talent in the area, but a lot of guys don't fit what you're trying to do. And I think that's another plus for Butch. And uh, he's, a, he's a leader of men and the way he delegates to his other coaches. And, I mean, I just love the guy. I also like the uh, the talent that he was developing at North Carolina. I mean, they had a, a rock-solid defense. And one thing that you failed to mention, I mean, I know you're tired. And I, I know that you got a lot going on. But that last year at North Carolina, you got to remember that summer, it was like a bunch of their star players were suspended. And they still went into that Auburn game heavily underdog and almost won that game. And so I know you talk about 8-5, and 8-5, and 8-5. But that last year he was there when that team was going to really turn the corner, all those star players were suspended. So Yeah, you're right. 
and that yeah, contributed but, uh, to it. Right, right. A lot of that's contributed to it, and you, you know. I, but um, also, uh, I want to mention another name, but well, two names that I really like. And uh, I know you might disagree, but we all got an opinion. But uh, I would really love uh, Josh McDaniel at uh, New England. I think he would work wonders with Kaya. And you got a uh, uh, what's the kid name? Uh, Allison coming behind Kaya. And the way he runs the spread, I mean, what, what I would like to see Miami do, and, and the recruit, recruiting is all that's great, but I want a coach that I want an X and O guy that can take advantage of other teams' weaknesses, which we don't do. We flat out don't take advantage of no team weaknesses, and every team got has a weakness. Instead, of, all we do is just run plays. But I think Josh McDaniel would be great. I also like a guy like uh, Bill O'Brien. I, I really love the job he did at Penn State, everything that he was dealing with. Um, he's doing an okay job in Houston right now. He really ain't got no quarterback. But, uh, you know, no guys that got experience that has been there and uh, leaders. Tom O'Brien is a leader. Now, Josh McDaniel, leadership-wise, I don't know. He did a pretty good job in Denver when he got that job. But just the way he runs offenses and developing quarterbacks, I, I would love him. Hello. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't, I wouldn't have any problem with him as a candidate. I just don't know, you know, he he doesn't have any head coaching experience. He does, and he doesn't have a ton of college experience, does he? Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, because coaching in the NFL and college is totally different. But and he may be waiting on that Bill Belichick job, but we don't know when that's going to happen. Brady sound like he gonna play another three four years, and I think that's a package there. When Brady quits, Belichick's quitting, so we don't know what's gonna happen with that. But I just I, I just like the way Josh McDaniel how, how he goes about his business. And if you remember when he left New England and went to Denver, he gave Belichick fits. So you know what we well drafting Tebow that kind of was derailed his little <laughs> his little fame or whatever, but um. I, I just I just kind of like the fact that uh, Josh McDaniel were working with Akaya and upcoming quarterbacks and the, the plethora of receivers we will have and the one-back offense that we run out. I think that would be great. And uh, I think that guy can flat-out coach. But uh, coaching college and pro and everything that goes in it is totally different. Yep, no doubt. All right, you got anything else tonight? Um, The whole crystal ball thing now. Like yeah, like I said, everybody got their opinion now. Now you just said Tom Herman. I agree with everything you said about Tom Herman. Not enough experience. But Chris, I want to see. I want. I want a guy with experience. I want. I want low no risk. Doubt. Low risk this time. Low risk. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. But I don't understand how Crystal Ball can even be considered. The guy's never been an OC or a DC. And yeah, he he did an okay job at FIU, and the whole recruiting he's doing. The Alabama name speaks for itself. And but I, I don't even think Crystal Ball should be considered for a head job. I will put him on the staff because I'm tired of him taking a couple of kids to Alabama. But a head job, no way, no no way, no way. Hello? Well. You know, the thing about Mario is that, you know, he's a different type of head coach. No, he's he's not an offensive coordinator or defense coordinator. He's a program coordinator. And, and 
you know, he, he has a good feel for recruiting, and that's but, why. But Garrett, what is his style? What well, is his style? It, it, what? I think he would run a spread offense. I think he'd run a 4-3 defense, and I think he would need to have very good coordinators, and I think he knows that. You know, look at look at some of the guys that he had as coordinators at FIU, Todd Orlando, who I believe who's with Todd, uh, Herman now at Houston, um, Jeff okay. Collins, who's at Florida now as the defense coordinator, who is one of the highly regarded young coaches in football right now. They're probably going to consider him for the UCF job. Um, you know, he, he had these guys at FIU. So I mean, you know, he understands that you got to have good coaches working for you. Okay, well, okay, and that was that was a pretty good answer because before that, I had, I, I mean, I wouldn't have an idea what he would run, but okay, but uh, not right now. I mean, let him, you know, let Bush get the job, bring him in, and groom him. Or you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I, I like Chris Ball's passion, but head guy right now at this. We need somebody stable. Yeah, we need a um, a rock star to come in and energize the city, the fan base, the recruits. But we need – I think we need stability. We need somebody stable to make this program – this program needs stability, period. And it's very fragile with, you know, the Randy Shannons and the, these type of guys that, you know, they have, they have no experience, their coordinators have no experience. And if we wonder what happened, that's what happened. You, you, you these first year coordinators, you can't win like that, man. Guys like James Coley get inside the thirty yard line have have no clue what to do. No, no, you you can't. But just because they good recruiters, and I'm, I'm sick of that. No, I I want coaches. I want X and O guys. Well, you, no, you want both. You want both, and there's no reason you should have to settle for anything less than both. Yeah, you're right. But first and foremost, game planning, adjustments at halftime, external coaching is above anything else. I'm sorry. It, for me, it it is. All right, sounds good. You got anything else? No, that's it, man. I appreciate all right, you. Um, give us a call, all right, give us a call next week. You got it. Hey, put me on, on. You got it. I got you. Don't worry. Uh, let's go to the 404. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? This is Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? I'm good, man. I'm gonna keep you long. So, um, um, with 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 the new coaches say, I know they gotta go through the whole season and evaluate different coaches. But I think the most important thing, and I think you would agree, is really just having good position, really, really good position coaches, as far as uh, just developing developing the, the, the talent and. Uh, Recruiting, that's the two biggest things. I think, you know, head coach, the guy, you know, from a structure standpoint, but but those position coaches and, and, and having a tremendous recruiter is, is extremely essential, you know, moving forward, you know. So, I mean, that's one question I have. I wanted to see what your thoughts on that. No clue. I, I think the coaching staff, when you, and I've said this a million times, when you look back through the history of Miami football, everybody looks at all the great players that have played in the program. Nobody ever really focused on the coaches, but those kids were coached by some great coaches. And every time Miami's been successful, it's because it's not only had a good head coach, but it's had a good staff, top to bottom. And that's what you need. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel positive about the future, man, as far as uh, the program. Um, I really, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for kids for the next four or five uh, 
games, and um, I, I think the, the administration uh, do a good job of bringing a new coach in and uh, just kind of hopefully just set the tone going into uh, um, a new year. So you, just, you can just put me on hold, Gary. I just listen. You got it rolling. Give us a call again next week. Let's go to the 240. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? This is uh, D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. I went I went to lunch today down at uh down on South Beach <laughs> and I ran into a couple guys that listen to the show every week and they were they, they were awesome and if you guys are listening I really enjoyed our lunch together today. <laughs> but you know we sat there for like a half hour eating and and they're talking about D black and how much they love your phone calls every week and I I thought that was just awesome. So you got the floor you got you got the floor. Go ahead. Hey, if, if they're listening, if they're listening, hey, I, I appreciate it. I try to bring, I try to bring it every week, but I try to bring facts with everything that I'm talking about. Um, well, that's exactly yeah, what they said. They they said, man, D Black, where's he from? And I, you're from Louisiana, right? No, I'm up here. Um, I'm up here in Maryland. Maryland, okay. Um, I'll yeah. have to remember that. But yeah, we're, they were asking me where you were from and and what your background was, and that you know you bring it every week and you have facts and you sound like you know what you're talking about. And yeah, I mean, I I, I got a kick out of it. You know, I mean, I'm just walking in to have lunch down on South Beach. You know, to, just you know get a, get a quick bite to eat. And, uh, yeah, it, it was hey, pretty. You know, fun. I'm a football guy. I'm a football guy. So you know, but um, yeah, um, a couple calls earlier was talking about talking about Butch and the one guy talked brought up John Robinson and what he did at USC and when he came back to USC it it wasn't really the same. But that guy, John Robinson, didn't assemble some of the greatest talent or some of the greatest players that college football in the NFL has ever seen. He had a couple good players, but not to the extent that Butch did. And for everybody that's questioning Butch's age or Butch can do it, just let's remember, when Kansas, when Bill Snyder from Kansas State retired and Kansas State started going on a dime, a, down, a spiral in the wrong direction, they went and hired him back. And once he came back, the program resurrected itself. And it's been pretty good ever since. Can't nobody dispute that. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Snyder is, is a great coach, and he's well, and he's much older than Butch. So I just I say I say if Butch gets the job, let's just see what Butch does. If he gets if he gets the job, and I like to piggyback off of what uh, two callers said about that last year when Butch was in North Carolina, when his defense was his defense was loaded, but they all got suspended. Like Marvin Austin, who's a product of this area. He, he went to school, he went to Blue High School, not too far from where I live at. You know, big five star D tackle. You know, that Miami was recruiting also, but he chose to go to University of North Carolina. You know, and, and that's one thing Butch does. You can't dispute Butch's eye for talent. You can't dispute that. You know, I was listening to QAM today, the big old show. He was talking about, you know, Butch wasn't a great, you know, Butch wasn't a great game day coach. Okay. But he beat Florida State. He whipped Florida. And, you know, Florida State had Bobby Bowden, and Florida had Steve Spurrier. And we whipped them because Bush knew how to recruit players, and he knew how to develop those players. Yeah, and let's, and let's not forget, I mean, 
he had the deck stacked against him a little bit too. I mean, he had some small exactly. recruiting classes in there that he was that he was trying to overcome. And right. you know, maybe just maybe it wasn't just that he was a bad game day coach. Maybe just maybe his roster wasn't deep enough. You know, exactly, exactly. His roster wasn't deep enough. Like, look at the nineteen ninety seven class, and with all those scholarships, look who he was able to bring into the school. He was bring, he brought in one recruit class, Edwin James and Bubba Franks. Then the next recruiting class, he brought in um, Santana Moss, Ed Reed, Reggie Wayne. You know, Najee Davenport. These are all, you know what I'm saying? This is some of the talent that he, he brought in with them small recruiting classes. Then he brought in the Philip Buchanan, the um, Mike Rump, the Clinton Porterson. Then he got Keller Winslow. So, you know, with him saying he's not a great game day coach, it seemed like he made adjustments in 1998 to beat UCLA. So, you know, it's like, pick, well, what do you want? You know, he, he he's arguably the best coach we've had since Jimmy. Period. He's the best coach we've had since Jimmy, and look what he's done. So if he gets the job, let's just wait and see. Because we already didn't. Then the guy said, "We I we one of your callers was talking about because yeah, we need to know the staff that the staff that uh, he'll bring. Is it is it any doubt in your mind that Butch wouldn't bring wouldn't have the top notch staff with him?" Like, come on, man! This is Butch Davis you're talking about. Like, this is you know, Butch Davis. told me when when Butch and I spoke yesterday, he he felt when he he says you know when he looks back on his career, he he thinks he maybe has done a better job developing coaches than even players. Exactly, and I listened to that interview, and that and that and that says a lot, and that goes to what someone else said. He's he's a builder of men. He's a builder of men. I mean. That's what you want as a head coach. And like, say, hypothetically speaking, say he say Bush did get the job, and he partnered up with Mario. You know, he had the job for three, four years, five years, or whatever, and passed on to Mario. Now you're thinking Mario has learned under Butch for three, four, five years, and then he's learned under Saban for three years. He'd definitely be ready then. There's no Butch doubt about it, you know. Exactly. If you're going to go the direction of Butch and if you're going to make a decision right now that that's the reason why you're not going Mario, then I totally agree that at that point the university has got to do everything it could do to talk Mario into teaming up with Butch. Right. And, right. and I got the impression when I talked to Butch that he, that he would be receptive to that. You know? Now, I don't know if Mario would be. I mean, Mario is going to probably be a candidate for some other head coaching jobs too here. You know, everyone's just, you know, we're just talking about Miami, but, you know, Rutgers is opening up, South Florida's opening up, Central Florida's opened up. So so there's going to be some other jobs, potentially, that, that, is true. that, that, that and, he's a candidate for. And if you think about it, Butch had, he has uh, Greciano on his staff, right? Greciano goes and resurrects the Rutgers program, right? Resurrects the Rutgers program, which he did pretty good. It's respectable what he did at Rutgers, you know? Then he goes on to Tampa Bay. I mean, being an NFL coach is a different beat, but he made it. He had Curtis Johnson on his staff, wide receivers coach. A lot of people forget about that. Curtis Johnson was a hell of a recruiter and a hell of a coach. Now he's the head coach at, at Tulane. So a lot of his people that he had on the staff parlayed, parlayed their, their jobs at Miami to, to other to bigger jobs. So I, I say that to say, you got a lot of you got a lot of players 
a lot of players, not even in South Florida, in this D, in the DMV area. And for the, for those who don't know, it's called the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. It's DMV. I'm not from here. I'm from the tri-state: New York, Connecticut, New Jersey. But they call it DMV. All you, all I've been hearing about from a lot of high school players that I know, if Miami hires Butch Davis, it's college football is in trouble. And my question to them are, is, well, would you consider Miami? And they say, Coach A, without a doubt. This ain't boring. This is like from Powerhouse. This ain't from the Wikileaks school. This is from, like, the master who beat the brakes off of Central and then went down and beat Plantation, American Heritage. This is from, like, the master and Gonzaga and French and Collegiate that uh, Ron Goldman went to that was being recruited by Miami also but went to Florida State. Players from, from these type of schools. If Miami hires Bush Davis, college football is in trouble. So I'm not I, – would I like to see him get the job? I would love it. I would love to see my, my, my thing is I want the university to get the best man for the job. And if it's Butch, then, yo, then so be it. I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard. But if it's not Butch and the guy they hire, whether it's Mario or, or – or, or, or Rob, I'm all aboard. Long as, long as it's substantial. substantial well, I th- I think team. that I think a couple things. I think I think that obviously, but I think Butch has to get interviewed. I think he has to be on the list of interviewees. I think Mario Cristobal has to be on the list of interviewees. And then you pick your next three best guys, and you interview the five of them, and you evaluate you know, where you are. And you are absolutely right. I don't think you go into it with any predisposed ideas. I think, you you know, you want to be committed to getting the best guy. You there, D-Black? Did we lose you? All right. Sounds, sounds like we might have, uh, might have lost you there. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. You know, thank you so much, as always, uh, for giving us your insight on the show. Let's go out to the 773 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary? Yes, sir, that's you. Man, I was getting worried there for a minute. No, no. (laughs) Who's this? It's Billy and Austin. It's Billy and Austin. How are you? Yep. Doing good, doing good. What you got for us? Um, I guess my question that hasn't been asked tonight is how did the – who made the call on on the firing? Was it – Blake. So was Blake James – it was Blake's decision all the way. The, the board of trustees supported whatever decision he made. Um, I think everyone was in agreement that there was going to be a change made. I think the the only question really was what the timing was going to be, and uh, totally Blake's call. Okay, so you know I know there's been you know a lot of speculation. Is is I mean to to me as an, as an athletic director moving forward, where is he? Because it got as low as it's ever gotten looking at the I score, think, looking I at think the he, attendance. He comes out of this smelling like a rose. I mean, you, you know, everyone was, you know, the, the pressure when the team lost the way they lost on Saturday, I, I felt, and I even said this to some people walking out of there and I had already put the column online saying that I thought Butch should resign the next day, but the the pressure the, the the pressure shifted from Al Golden straight to Blake James. And uh 
he I thought he handled it unbelievable. I mean, he made a decision that I'm sure he didn't want to make. Uh, he didn't he didn't go to the stadium Saturday thinking I'm going to fire Al Golden on Sunday, but it was what he had to do, and he made, he made the tough decision, and he followed through on it. And I think you got to give him a world of credit. I think he's squeaky clean right now, and I don't think there's anything that anybody should be mad at him about. I think he's doing a hell of a job. <laughs> okay, well, but that, but that's my concern. You know, and maybe some of the fans' concern. How did why did it take a fifty-eight nothing beatdown at home for him to to realize? For a man that's been on record numerous times, I'm going to evaluate this man at the hey, end of remember, the year. Remember to then... one thing. Donna Shalala made the call that, that Al Golden was coming back. Okay? okay. So the, the, the team only had two losses before Saturday. Now it has three. But the, the intent was to have Al Golden coach the year and then evaluate at the end of the year. When they lost the way they lost, there was no question that at that point he's getting fired, that they have to make a change. But the, But the, they didn't dictate to him that he had to make a change on Sunday. He made that choice himself. And I think they totally supported it. I think the whole university was 100% behind that decision. But they weren't going to well, make him the, do it. They weren't going to make him I'm not, I'm not arguing that. Yeah, I'm not, that's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing that we lost to Cincinnati. We have not gotten better. No other schools on record saying we're going to value him at the end of the year. That That's not really, you know, a way that I would want an AD, you know, it kind of gives Golden a free pass. But, but think to, about, it's the way, time out, think about what you're saying. You're not going to go into the season making a coach feel like he might be fired in the middle of the year. You're, you're going into the season, you're committed to him. You have a commitment well, to that yeah. man for the whole sure. season. You know, fans want yeah. blood, but that's not how administrators look at things. Yes, but look at what happened before. We regressed from a nine and four record to six and seven. As a manager, it's okay. You got worse. You need to change, or else you know the, uh, we want you here, but you're gonna you're gonna have to make changes. Then Blake, you know, year five, you're no only changes are made. Midway, you're at the midpoint of the season, pretty much. I mean, you've only and played no seven changes were made. You've only played seven out of what you hope is going to be 13 games. Yeah, but Donna Shalala made that decision at the end of last year, not Blake. And she's gone. Correct. And that's my point. Okay, so she's gone. But you're going to fire out Golden before week six? Come on, that's ridiculous. Pat Hayden, Pat Hayden took him off the take Link Cushman off the bus and fired him there. That doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. I'm, again, I, I, I'm, I'm certainly not it, looking to do that going into the season. Again, I, I, that, that I'm not arguing, but it's more so when you're seeing the same product, Gary, that you saw in year four, and it's not getting, it's actually getting worse. It well, shouldn't why, be a free that's pass. That's why they made the move Sunday. And I'm, and I'm all for that. Um, I just, I find it very odd that it took him the, that it took this much, you know, for him to. Uh, to go against his own word. I mean, it was it was flat out embarrassing. All right. Well, we we will just we'll just we can disagree on that one. That's fine. Sure. So here, here's my other question for you. With this team that we have, you know, I think a, a word that we've heard is goldenized. You know, with the staff. I mean, realistically, what are you, you know, expecting in regards to Larry Scott? Is it more so of hey, just to kind of let's get through? The year, knowing he's not going to, know, knowing that he knows he's not going to be the, you know, retained as the head coach, is it actually, um, 
you know, we we expect to see him have the freedom to make changes from everything that wasn't working since only the head coach, you know, is gone now. He has total freedom, but they're, they're, I think they're very limited in what they can do. They can't change all their schemes and everything right now. I, I think you know, I think you might see you know little tweaks here and there, uh, but there's there's not a ton that Larry Scott can do other than be a father figure to these kids who are wounded right now. This is a wounded group of kids, and they, you know, he's been a very calming influence. He's he's been very professional. I've been very impressed with how he's how, how he's handled his role. And handled himself in, in front of the media and things like that, and I, I think it was a good choice by Blake James, and I and I think that he's been a calming influence for those kids. And I agree, I know nothing but um, yeah, I think that he made uh, Blake made the right call on appointing him. So here's here's kind of my follow up question to what you mentioned about Duke. You don't know if they're going to come out guns blazing. You don't know if they're going to come out and just kind of mail it in. You know, for a team that quit. You know, for from in our eyes, that you know, the worst loss ever in program history. They got they they quit when they're down fourteen nothing. A team quits when they don't like what's going on or who they're playing for. So, um, help me understand or help us, I guess, understand a team that's supposedly all in tears doesn't quit on a guy that they that they truly you know want playing you know care and that they truly care playing for. Listen, I don't disagree. I don't. I don't disagree with you. You know, I mean, Mark D'Onofrio better call an aggressive game Saturday. I'll tell you that. I mean, you know, if he puts those kids out there to get their butts kicked like that again, you know, with with absolutely, you know, no. I mean, I don't remember seeing, and I didn't. I spared myself going back and watching every play in slow motion and everything. I just, I, oh, I, God bless I, you. I, I, I couldn't take it this week, especially with everything else going on. But I don't remember seeing a whole lot of um, a whole lot of aggression on the defensive side of the ball in that game, and and I didn't see a lot of guys flying around. I didn't see a lot of safeties trying to make plays behind the line of scrimmage or anything like that. I saw a bunch of kids that were set up to be blocking dummies out there and and got physically pummeled because of it. And that's Mark D'Onofrio's fault. And and you know what? Well, you know he he's stay he's remaining as the defensive coordinator. And and to me on Saturday night. You know, if they're going to lose that game, lose that game attacking and being aggressive. And don't send those kids out there uh, with with play calls that leave them sitting there like sitting ducks, you know, and blocking dummies that, that to where it turns into like a seven-on-seven seven game with Duke. Because if they do that, they're going to get killed again because David Cutcliffe is a very good offensive coach. And, and those yeah. kids, and I don't know if you got a chance to watch their game against Virginia Tech, but that's an extremely well-coached team, and they execute yes. their offense very well. And if you put your defenders out there, and they're just sitting there like they're like um, X marks on a chalkboard in the locker room, uh, they're going to get killed. Well, and that's, that, that, I guess that's one half of, of what I'm trying to get at. You know, Golden and staff never set the kids up to, to, to use their strengths. But it's more so from an internal standpoint here of players that have a drive. That team on Saturday did not have a drive. Is there going to be a sense of relief of, you know, you can tell the players are frustrated with with, with the system that they that you just talked about that they were put in. Um, I guess I'm, I'm almost questioning their heart to an extent. Well, watching them I quit. think they're going to be angry. You know, they, why wouldn't they be? But you know, they're probably going to be playing with a backup quarterback who, like, you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, crapped his pants the other day. I don't think you know anybody would argue that. Yeah. I mean, the moment was too big for him, and and that, that's not a knock on him. I mean, he had never really no. been in 
been in a game very much, and now he's out there against one of the top couple best teams in the country. And they were losing, I think, by three, it was three touchdowns before he even got on the field. And, you know, that was a tough situation for Malik Rozier. But he's going to have to be a lot better on Saturday if they're going to be competitive in this game. But I, but I do think that the team's going to come out very angry. And, you know, I, a big issue is just going to be what they have in the tank after this emotional week. But lots of times, so, that's I, a rally, it's a rallying point in a lot of yeah, cases. Yeah, it is. It is because they're, they're relieved. It's, you know, sometimes they play for the coach. Um, which I don't think the team would that quit, or they play because they're just relieved to kind of have the, you know, the the handcuffs off. Um, well, this week they're going to be they're going to be playing for Al Golden, and they're going to be playing for Artie Burns, and and that's cool. going to be their that's going to be their rallying point in addition to just the general adversity they've had. Sure. And you know we'll see Saturday night how, how it carries them through. All right, sure. let me let Here's my last, get my, on. My, I have, let me let me kind of get Go one ahead. last thing, and I'll I'll keep it short. Go ahead. You know, there is no perfect you, – you, you, I'm going off of what you said. You want very little risk in this next hire. So looking at it, there's no, there's never a perfect candidate. We never know what we're going to get. I get that. If you had to, as a job description, knowing the team, the ins and outs, put three buzzwords onto the top priorities and characteristics in the coach, what are those three words? And you can put me on hold. Wow. Um, relentlessness would definitely be one. I mean, I think you got to have a coach that's, that's relentless, but both in recruiting and in coaching the product uh, on the field. So no, no question about that. Um, I think toughness, you know, I, I think a coach has to be tough to survive at Miami. It's a very difficult job. You have to play so many roles, wear so many hats, and, and deal with so many issues. Uh, you know, you're, you're often dealing with kids that come from really hard backgrounds who don't always have the best parental guidance, who are inclined to get into things like drug use and, and, and stuff like that. And just look at all the kids that, that Al Golden um, – had to dismiss in, in his four and a half years as coach. I mean, it was a revolving door there, uh, you know, underneath the exit sign with this program. And, and unquestionably that contributed um, to a lot of the struggles that, that he had. And, you know, lastly, I mean, it, it's, it's not one word, but I'll try to turn it into one word. And I would say connections. You have to have somebody who's connected in some way, shape or form with the high school coaching community in South Florida and, and and throughout the state of Florida to where there very quickly is going to be a mutual trust and you get honest uh, information about the kids out there that are, that you're being recruited because who you select in recruiting, uh, not just their ability as players, but their character uh, is in, in the state of Florida is extremely critical. So, you know, hope that answers your question. Great. Thank you. All right. Give us a call next week. All right, guys, we've got, um, you know, figure, you know, 30 minutes of show left here. A lot of guys still on the lines. So um, let's try to keep our points uh, very direct and concise and get as many people on as we can. Let's go to the 904 now, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. Talk to us. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Doing good. Who's that? This, this is Stefan. All right, Stefan. I haven't been on the show since last year, so oh, I just had a couple questions. 
had a had a question why they didn't make Art Keyhole the um, interim coach. Since he's been you know, so you long. can only you can only pick one guy. You can't pick everybody. And you know, you you could have made an argument for James Coley. Uh, you, you know, Art Kehoe's been an interim coach here before. Uh, some people, you know, obviously would would have said Larry Scott, who ended up getting it. Uh, you know, you could have picked Hurley Brown. You could have picked Ice Harris, who's been a head coach in high school. Um, I, I think Blake James made the right choice. Uh, you know, it allows the coordinators to focus on running the offense and defense, which they need very badly. And and it, and, and Larry Scott is the tight ends coach. Uh, is very capable of juggling both roles and 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 you know taking on the responsibilities of the head coach. So I I think it's yet another example of something that Blake James. I don't want to sound like I'm you know you know playing up Blake James here tonight, but I mean the guy is doing a very good job managing this program so far. And you know now he's really under the gun. He's hiring his head coach for the first time, and ultimately athletic directors are joined at the hip by who they pick as head coaches. And this is, you know, without question, a very, very big moment for Blake James. But to this point, I don't think he's let you guys down at all. I think he's doing a very good job. Oh, no, I have no complaints about him. He made me a happy man Saturday. Um, I mean, Sunday. But I <laughs> want to throw another – much much as I love – I love Butch. I hope Butch gets the job. I really do because he has a very good track record. And I know he can get the program back. But it's a coach – the Iowa coach, uh, Kurt Prince, I think is his name. Kurt Prince. I Krentz. think he'll be a good candidate. Yeah, I think he'll be a good candidate for Miami. I don't think he has any desire to leave there. I mean, he he's been there for so long. Yeah, he's been there for a long time. He's, he's been a good candidate for a long time, and he's never left. And uh, you know, Butch, by the way, in our in our poll on canesport.com, and I hope everybody makes sure they go in and vote. Uh, it's it's on the the war room message board at the top. And everyone's entitled to one vote uh, who, who's a subscriber. And uh, right now, uh, Butch is trending at 70. He's up to 72% <laughs> of the of the fans. Oh, yeah. I, I, I voted for him. I yeah. voted for him. You, you, and, it, you yeah. and just about everybody else. And it's just, I mean, to me, like I said earlier in the show, it's it's astounding the base of support that this guy has. Yeah, you know, I, I, like I said, I hope you get the job. And I, and I really think he'll stay for at least five years. And and another caller, I think it was three calls ago, he had made a good point, you know, maybe making Mario Cristobal the interim head coach so when Butch leave, he can take over. Maybe he'll accept that kind of role, you know. So knowing that on the back end, he's going to have the job, you know. That's just a thought of mine, but I think that would be a good idea too. What do you think about that? I don't really have an opinion on that one. Yeah, I see. Okay. All right, that's all I had. And, um, all right, man. Thanks, thanks, thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go to the 813 this time. You're now live on Teach Sport Live. Gary, can you hear me? I can hear you. Go. Who's this? This is Sean. Okay, wanted to talk to you about one thing here. You mentioned, um, I think it was maybe six months ago, and it has a lot to do with business as well. You mentioned that sometimes it's not the head coach that comes in, but it's also the network of coaches they bring in. I work for um, a large technology firm here actually in Kansas City. I moved from Tampa. And one of the great uh, business stories of the last 20, 30 years is when Steve Jobs came back to Apple after being fired. And what doesn't get talked a lot about is is the senior project managers and um, some of the leadership he brought back with him to turn it around. 
and you look at a guy like Butch Davis, and yes, he's he's a huge name, but it's the it's the coordinators that he will bring with him and that leadership, which will actually make just as much of a difference, if not more, um, in the long term. And you can't help but see the similarities sometimes. And it doesn't get talked about a lot, and I, I wondered why. Because you had mentioned it before, but I haven't heard you mention it on the blog. I haven't heard you mention it on the radio show tonight. Can you talk a little bit more about the importance of the network of coordinators you will bring, which is going to be such an upgrade from what we've had the past eight, nine, ten years? It's the most important thing in the world. I mean, I mean, there's, it's too big of a job. There's, there's too many moving parts in a football program, and a head coach can't even begin to even dream about doing everything by himself. And, and who you have working for you, is to me the most critical thing of all, and and that's where that's where and I you know I like all the guys as human beings, and and I feel bad every time I have to give this opinion because it you know I'm sure that they feel like I'm disrespecting them a little bit, and I'm not going to single anybody out. But this coaching the coaching staff under Al Golden as a whole has he never been good enough, and 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 that's why he failed. I mean he didn't understand the level of expertise and quality that you had to have working for you to be successful at a job like this. And and that was his greatest failure. And Al Golden, mm-hmm. had he understood that, could have been a successful head coach at Miami. Yeah, but that's why, he, that's why he wasn't. Yeah, let me ask you this. If you were advising Butch Davis before um, an interview, which I think he will get um, just for pure pressure alone, if you were advising Butch Davis before that interview on that drive from the New Springs, what would be three things that you think that he would have to harp on and really convince himself for him to be in the final mix to get this job? Well, without question, he's going to have to explain himself about the departure in Act One, I mean, I don't think there's any any question about that. You know, I think that left 15 a sour. years ago. Yeah, well, he's gonna have to explain himself. I think that left a sour yeah, taste in a lot of. Like he shot the I'm not here. saying I mean, it's oh a reason God. he wait time out. I'm not saying it's a reason he gets or doesn't get the job, but I do okay, think he's right. gonna have. To, I do think he's gonna have to explain from his viewpoint some of the things that happened at that moment right, in time. Okay. All yeah. right. So that's number one. He's gonna have to be prepared to address that issue. Number two. He's without question going to have to be prepared to address the academic uh, situation at North Carolina. I don't think okay. anybody's going to. I don't think anyone's going to believe that he knew nothing about it. I, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, at, at that level, with that degree of intelligence and, and understanding of college sports and everything, is going to believe that all those players were committing academic fraud and having their work done for them and all the different things that they had going on up there at North Carolina. And that the head coach knew nothing about it. Now, he technically, by the letter of the law, he's squeaky clean on it. He has said he knew nothing about it. He was exonerated in ten different investigations. But I think mm-hmm. he's gonna, I think he's going to have to endure some very hard questioning about that situation, and he's going to have to be prepared to address that. So that's number okay. two. And then the third thing I think he's going to have to address is the on-field coaching issue and and you know why isn't his record better than what it is you know it, it, he he's known as a great recruiter he's done so many good things in his career he's he, you know he's obviously a good football guy and he you know, he won super bowls in the NFL yada 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 
Um, but I think he's going to have to answer questions about his on-the-field record. And those would be the three things that I would tell him be very prepared to get into. You're the one that spent an hour on the phone with him. Because it's funny, I used to work in, in recruiting before I got the job I had now. So I interviewed a lot of candidates before I pre- present them to like a, a Disney or AAA or Universal Studios when I was living in, in Central Florida. And so, you know, I looked at, you know, 50 resumes a week, talked to so many different candidates. And I got to tell you, you know, it's almost like how Al Golden got hired. He, he fooled everybody with a tremendous interview, which is a little bit more of a known commodity. So what I'm hearing from you is two out of the three things that he's got to pass pretty much don't have anything to do with football. Well, it, the, the the head coaching job is more than just football. It's it's a it's an all encompassing mm-hmm. job, and that's why these guys make the money they make. So you have to address. You know, the one thing you don't have to address with Butch is discipline. I mean, you have to be a disciplinarian to be the head coach at Miami. But Butch has proven himself in that regard. He cleaned up the program the last time he was here, so he's not mm-hmm. going to have to. He's not going to have. He won't have to answer to that. But do you, you have think to. We'll get, do you, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, you know, you have to be all-encompassing to be the head coach of Miami. The, every guy that wasn't, failed. Dennis Erickson, failed. Larry Coker, failed. Randy Shannon, failed. Mm-hmm. Al Golden, failed. Every guy that's been in that job that wasn't all-encompassing and didn't have it all going for him, failed. The guys that did, succeeded. Howard Schnellenberger had it all going. He succeeded. Jimmy Johnson, had it all going. He succeeded. Butch Davis, by the by, year five and six, he had it all going. He succeeded. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, Dennis, okay. Dennis Erickson, I know he won two national titles, God bless him, but he won two national <laughs> titles with the juggernaut that Jimmy Johnson left him. And once that dried up three years later, the program was in shambles. Mm-hmm. Larry Coker... Mm-hmm went to two national title games with the juggernaut that Butch Davis left behind. But once that started drying up, he, he lost the program. He, he he didn't have a grip on the kids the way he needed to. So the, the point I'm making is the head coach at Miami, if he's going to be successful, has to have it all going. And that's why the questioning in the interviews has to be as thorough as what I'm describing. Right, and I would, and that's fine. But you know, there's not ever a perfect candidate. Like you know, Shiano turned down Paul Dave or Paul D's request for an interview um, before they did Hand Coker. Uh, Cristobal, even though I would have done the same thing, rubbed people some the wrong way after he quickly left Al Golden to go to Nick Saban. So there's never a perfect candidate out there. And but doesn't he look like a genius now? Doesn't Cristobal look like a genius? I mean, oh, think I, about I it. He left to go to work for yeah. Nick Saban. They've been one of the top programs in college football. He's working under the top coach in college football. Clearly, without question, has to be learning an enormous amount about running a program from Nick Saban. And everything's fallen apart in the meantime on Al Golden. So should should Cristobal be hated by people for that? Or should people be looking at what he did and saying, that's a guy that was on top of his career and knew what he was doing? He made the right business move, and now he... He looks like a genius, and he come he on. He looks like a he genius. Saw that it wasn't just about money. I mean, I'm sure 70 percent of the decision was about money when someone's going to quadruple your salary. But the guy's not stupid. He probably no. got a look at what was going on inside the program and said, "Wait a second here. What is this?" 
and decided, you know what, I might want to go work for Nick Saban for four times the amount of money. Now he's won a national championship, and he's going to be a head coach somewhere. And now Al Golden fired him. You know, he's <laughs> his resume is even more padded now for leaving Miami. Did you ever think you'd ever hear those words? Yeah, I agree. That's why I don't understand why people want to hate on him so much. You know, he may or may not get the job, and he may or may not be ready for the job, but why would you hate on him for leaving? Someone you know, that's my, that, was my, that was Miami's fault. Let me tell you something. If, you know, and, and I've been patting Blake James on the back a lot here on this show tonight. That was one place where Blake failed. Mar- Mario Cristobal never should have been allowed to get on that airplane to Tuscaloosa. You know they, mm-hmm. they they were way and I and I I think you know I, I you know I don't know why but you know they were way too passive about that and 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 they should have never let him get on an airplane to go up there. He was they, yeah. you, you know that was a, a real coup for Al Golden to be able to hire Mario. I mean he was by far going to be the best recruiter on the staff obviously and he was going to be one of his top coaches. He was going to help Golden enormously with team discipline. And things like that. He was going to be a very valuable assistant. And to let one him leave after, throw, yeah, after, one more thing I want to throw and I'll let you go. Um, you Wait, let me just say one thing. Gold should have been in Blake James's office, jumping up and down on the desk, refusing to leave the room until Blake came up with 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 whatever it was going to take to keep Mario. And you know, Blake never should have allowed Mario to get on an airplane. But you can't change history. Ed, what's your last question? Uh, yeah, my last question. Um, you you were the, you said that you were the one that ran into Tommy Tuberville in the Cincinnati airport, right? Correct. Okay, and you mentioned to him, or you said the number one hey. thing that a Miami coach must have um, to be successful down in South Florida, and I believe you said his answer was the respect of the high school coaches. Is that correct? Correct, and he's absolutely right. Okay, okay well, if that's the case, and this is just about – I mean, if Butch Davis – could match or even get close to matching the roster from 1999, 2000, or 2001. And that's a 10-win season in an extremely average conference. And you don't even have to be a good game day coach to win those kind of games with the kids he brought in, you know, during that time frame. So in my opinion, Gary, and I'll let you go, the, the safest percentage that Miami can play, if they can get past a couple of the issues and they are explained well on an interview – would probably be go with Butch Davis and hire a rock star crew, generate the buzz, and plus the fans are going to be happy, and there will be finally a spark plug in this program. You know, I, I can't disagree. I mean, I mean, it, let me put it this way. If they come up with a candidate that they give this job to that's better than Butch Davis, I think that's good for everybody. You know, totally I, I, I look at it that way. If Butch doesn't get the job, it's going to be because somebody in the interview process shaped up to them to be better than Butch. And if somebody can do that, they should be pretty darn good, no matter who it is. Yeah, we'll see. You know, and maybe it's Chris, you know, maybe it's Cristobal, maybe it's Chudzinski. You know, I don't know who it's going to be. I have yeah, no I'm idea. Not, I, but, I, I, just, oof, the Rod Chudzinski thing, boy, gosh, I am not sold on that. I, would no, I understand have they, they all have Mario they all have pluses and minuses. Every one of them have pluses and minuses. But the point I'm making is Butch Davis is sitting there right now. He's available. Seventy two two percent because I think that you know the people voting on this poll, you guys that are on canesport.com are a pretty darn good sample size. 
right now. Yep. And, you know, obviously we're going to keep getting more and more people to vote. We're promoting the poll and everything else. So, I mean, it's, you know, people are voting by the second here just as we're doing doing this show. I mean, the number of votes keeps going up and up. And in the last five minutes, Butch Davis picked up 13 more votes, for example. I just looked at it. He's now up to 72.3% of the fans thinking he should be the head coach. But, but You, you know, do when understand that your article that you wrote is only going to put gas on the fire for Butch Davis, right? Like, I didn't finish dinner yeah, until I read the article. Intent. I mean, I just, I, just did the, I just talked to the guy and... You know, I hung up the phone. I'm like, wow, man, that was, like, amazing. And I tried to do it justice in the way I wrote it. You know, I wasn't looking to campaign for the guy. I think he campaigns for himself. You know, Well, even you said, I think, a a few years back, because I've been a subscriber forever, um, somebody was asking you on the blog if you thought Bush would be successful in North Carolina. North Carolina, I think you said, what, you think he forgot how to do this and forgot the blueprint to be successful? Guys like that don't forget if they didn't have that academic scandal, he absolutely would have been successful at Carolina. And oh, they, they had built a Miami. roster. Yeah, that was very good. They were creaming Miami year in, year out, North Carolina. He beat Miami three out of the four years they played. Yeah, I know. So, all right, let me let one or two more guys get on here tonight. And uh, thanks for being part of the show and give us a call next week. You bet. You got it. All right, let's um, – Let's go out to the 513. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? This is Tim from Cincinnati. How are you? Hey, what's up, Tim? How you doing tonight? Shoot. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to make this real quick. Um, kind of reflecting on the game, I just knew when on Twitter, when I saw Golden's reaction, I guess they were doing an alma mater. And just when I looked at his face, I think he just – I think he had to have known right there that it was over. I mean, just – just the reaction that he had. I mean, he couldn't even bring himself to look at the crowd or the fans that were left. And that look right there just if, – if you wanted a microcosm of Golden's tenure at Miami, it was that game. It was everything about that Clemson game that summed well, up everything with Golden's you're tenure. You're sitting there and you're singing the alma mater and showing respect to the band and everything, and there's, no, and, and there's nobody there. I mean, everybody right. has gone home. Right, but it, it was just like just the look on his face. It was like, yeah, it was almost like you know you just kind of knew, and and I, and I felt bad for the kids because from the moment the opening kickoff, those kids just I don't know what it was, but like I said, everything in that game just kind of summed up Al Golden's tenure from the death issues to recruiting to you know lack of game day planning. Everything was just summed up in that game. You know what I mean with his tenure. But moving on from that, um, I have on my Twitter account, Gary, Cristobal's picture as my main backdrop. And I don't know why everyone is hating on Cristobal. I have some people telling me that he's like, you know, the he's another Al Golden. I'm like, how are you? How do you figure? I think they're night and day. They I are mean, night and day. From the, I mean, know, from they the both, staff they that both he had have... at FIU to, I mean, Golden staff doesn't even compare to what Cristobal had at FIU. And he won at FIU. No one thought of that program. No one was thinking of that program as a football, as a football school. You know what I mean? Here's what I know about Mario. Nobody will outwork him. He he's, he'll he'll outwork anybody in America. That's number one. And number two, he understands the kind of coaching staff you have to have. You know, is he the best X and O football coach? Absolutely not. But he knows he better have good ones working for him, and he makes sure he gets them. You know, the the the, the guy 
is a good candidate for this job. Now, is he going to get it? I think he's an you outstanding know, candidate. We don't know. I, I think, but I think he's an outstanding candidate. I mean, he, he this, if anyone, listen, I would love Butch just as much as anyone, but I just don't, I think the Board of Trustees still has that heartbreak feeling with him. With that being said, who's the next best guy that can relate and has South Florida community, I mean, by, I mean, in the palm of his hand to me, everyone has respect for Cristobal there. Everyone oh, yeah. Does. No. And I think that's what Golden... one of the guys interviewed. Him, him and Butch must be interviewed. Yeah, shame I mean, on shame on Blake and the committee if they don't interview those two guys. Yeah, and and, and my last thing with with Herman and and the, and the guy from Memphis, I, I kind of feel like this: when Urban Meyer came up through Bowling Green and went to Utah, he kind of paid his dues before he got on to the you know the stage with Florida. And I just I like Herman, but I I just don't trust him yet. You know what I mean? It's, it's six seven games of the season, and everyone's anointing him like. Yeah. He is just the next Pete Carroll, and I'm like, wait a minute, like nah. the guy. It you know, I'm not like knocking that. the guy. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I don't want to get into with this next hire. It's like, okay, we're hiring another up and comer. It's like a roll of the dice. You just don't, you don't know. Okay, he either he can do great, or he's going to suck again. And then here we are stuck once again in flux again. Yeah, no, you can't do that this time around. Yeah, so I mean, that's just my only thing, Gary. I just. I want them to get it right. You know, I just don't want – this hire has to just be right. I mean, this is a pivotal time for the program. It has to be right. And and, and to me, it's either Davis or Cristobal and the rest. I, I think they're just interviewing for GP. So, um, you had a great show tonight, man. I just, you know, I just had to get that out there because I just don't understand the hate for Cristobal right now. But I agree. It is what it is. Thanks, All right, man. man. Hey, thank, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right, let's go out to the 303. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. Hi, Gary. This is Magis12. What's up, Magis? What you got for us? I'm calling from Denver. Uh, listen, I, first of all, I want to stick up for all of us baby boomers that are in our 60s and have been rooting for the Canes for 50-plus years. Uh Everyone keeps thinking that Butch Davis is uh, too old, and, is, and he's actually my age, to be coaching. Uh, there was an article in the Huffington Post today. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to read it with your, with your schedule. Uh, but she sits there and, and quotes uh, all these other coaches. For example, uh, Art Riles uh, is 59 years old, I think. Uh, Les Miles is 61 years old. Uh, Dan Antonio is 59 years old. Uh, Saban, 63 years old. You mentioned Ferenc earlier. He's 60 or 61. Cutliffe, we're playing at Duke, is in his 60s. So, I mean, enough with this shit about guys that are in their 60s can't coach football and can't relate to today's world. That's just absolute and total nonsense. Uh, first of all, or secondly, sorry, coaches. <laughs> Coaches That's right. It, well, actually, you got no excuse. If I were doing that, it would be fine. I mean, I'm exhausted, and it's eleven o'clock. Where you are, it's only nine. So you got no excuse yeah, to be but, fine. But go ahead. Sure. Second. Yeah, I'm living in Colorado. <laughs> All right. You're enough said. You're right. <laughs> but I really believe that that uh, this age nonsense is is just that. It, it it you know I no disrespect to a lot of the younger. Uh, fans and stuff 
I guess when I was 20-something, I thought 60-something was pretty old also. But now that I'm here, uh, it's not. And, and so when you have people with this kind of experience, especially a guy like Butch Davis, and I was not on his bandwagon until I've been reading all of the statistics that he's done and, and how he's accumulated. You're right. He was exonerated in, in North Carolina. He didn't have a uh, – they declined to do investigations uh, from the governor's office and all these other things. The chancellors uh, uh, stated they would not have fired Davis. And so I don't think he has to apologize for anything. I think if he sits down for an interview, that job's his. He's going to absolutely kill it in that interview. I, I know that you got excited by talking to him. I see him on TV. He's still an animated person, and he's definitely going to nail that interview. And he's, as you addressed earlier, all he's got to do is sit there and talk uh, about a couple of issues that you believe are in, impairing his immediate hiring. Because, uh, and so he'll address them. You know, you, the gentleman that called a couple of calls earlier made some points. He turned around and said, "Look at Steve Jobs. You know, you, people can come back home." Uh, it's it's been proven. So I think Butch is a very viable candidate, and I don't think his age is any kind of factor. My mother, who's going to be 89 years old, calls me while I was on the phone waiting to speak to you and says, so what's all this with Butch Davis? Wasn't he here once? If she's at 89 years old and, and remembers Butch Davis, I think they're going to be forced to give him an interview. I, there's not a chance that he's not going to get one. What, do you, I mean, are you keep I, I I think he I think he's going to get an interview. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it would shock me if he didn't. And then I posted it on on Kane Sport just a while ago. You know, I I don't think it's if it's a question of money. Why can't we turn around and and start a uh, you know a, a an online fund, whatever they call those things nowadays. Um, they raised forty thousand dollars for RD. It's not. A, it's not a they money issue 40, with Butch. Well, but you're. Well, that's no. Butch is unemployed. He's not commanding any big salary. No, but don't you need money to to get the rest of the staff hired? Uh, right. Yeah, defensive, I would, I would pay Butch. Coordinators are making what, Gary? Seven fifty to a million a year. I would pay Butch two million bucks, and I would, and then I would give him the money to whatever he needs for the staff. So why is why is the administration has what's the downside to hiring Butch Davis right now? He, as you mentioned in your article, age, 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 and trust. I I think there's a prevailing feeling that Butch is a pathological liar. Whether it's fair, unfair, um, I think his history of lying throughout his life has caught up to him a little bit, and I think that's what he's fighting. Other than that, you think that. You know, Do you I, think the fear sure. of the lie is that he would just leave again? No, I don't think there's any fear of him leaving again. I think they have to be able to trust him with the keys to the program. You know, they have yeah. to trust you know trust that he's going to run the program the right way, that there's not going to be NCAA issues or anything like that. You know, I mean, he he's never had that problem really in his career, um, other than the thing at North Carolina, which, like I said, he was exonerated for. But you know, I just think that you know that there's got to be there's got to be trust there, and, and that's what Butch is going to have to sell them on when he when he interviews that they can trust. I think him. it's been, as I said earlier. I think he'll absolutely nail it. I mean, he's a well-spoken individual, and yeah. he's learned. And, and, and so when it comes to age, 
I mean, most coaches are not going to stay at, at any school outside of, uh, for more than seven to ten years anyway. So if he's 63, 64 now, and we get him for five to seven years, and he grooms uh, an up-and-coming coach, whether it's one of the ones that have been bantered around that are ex-Canes or somebody that we've never heard of, I mean, Butch already has the connections for his staff. And, and, and so why do you keep insisting or mentioning or, or why do you feel that age is a problem at 63? I just mentioned seven or eight coaches. Well, I didn't, that are I didn't say it was. I didn't personally say it was. I, I didn't say it was. I'm, uh, I'm just saying that's one of the issues he's going to probably have to discuss. That's all. All right, so I apologize. I phrased the question wrong. Why is it an issue when, I just, when you can spit off the list of all these coaches at this age? Well, I, I, think, I think issues are in the eyes of the beholder. I think everyone has different issues with, with, with anything. I mean, just look at what goes on on the message boards every day and look at the debate about all the different issues and everything. Everybody sees things from different viewpoints. So some, you know, guy A. So are you, are you telling me that Blue Saban, if, if you want to tell me if Nick, sorry, Blue Saban, if you want to tell me that Nick Saban wanted to come to the University of Miami and he's 64, that that would be an age problem? Well, that's what Butch said when I talked to him about it. I, you know, when that's I asked him to thing, talk right? to me, I told him, I said, talk to me about the age issue. You know, what what are your thoughts on the age issue? And that was the first thing he said. I said, that was the first thing he said was, you know, Age is just is not an issue. It's a number, and that's he said. If you could hire Nick Saban right now, are you going to say no? And when he put it in those terms, I said, "You're absolutely right." <laughs> you know what else are you going to yeah, say? So, I, so that's what I mean, and I I think he's going to nail this this interview. One last thing, I know you're it's running late, and I appreciate you actually running longer. This is the first time I've ever listened to our call. Well, we start we started um, late because we had technical issues in the in the first half hour. So I had a I had to restart the show at eight thirty. So we we actually no worries. I was at thirty minutes right. tonight. Next time, bring some throat longages for yourself. But how long do you think that this search will take? And are they actually hiring? That agent, or are they? There's only three or four agents, anyways. So, are they hiring? Are they going directly to agents, or are they going to use a middleman to a search? I think, whatever I think that phrase is. I don't. There is no reason they need a search committee. They right. they don't they don't need a search committee. That's I my think feeling as well. I think they're going to deal direct this time. So, what what kind of time frame do you expect? It depends who gets the job. I mean, if it's Butch Davis, I think, you know, within a couple of weeks. Um, I was just going to ask you, when do you think they start interviewing? If if it's Mario Cristobal, I don't think they, they realistically can interview him until the end of the month. Right, he's coaching. You know, I mean, right. you, you got you to respect the fact that he's working for Alabama. They're in the national championship race, you know? Absolutely. So, and don't I, think you, well, I think it'll depend yeah. where they are and – who they feel their guy is, and, and that'll determine the timetable. I do know, know this. They're not putting pressure on themselves. They're not, Interesting. You know, they're not giving themselves a deadline. What is your ideal time frame? I think they – I'd like to see them have a coach by, like, December 2nd. You know, somewhere in there. The season ends. Um, I've got a and calendar make an in, front announcement. Of, in, in front of me right here. I mean, you know, the, the last game of the season is, is – for Miami, is the 27th. Most teams, it's the 29th. I mean, the 28th, Saturday the 28th. I think if there's anybody you need to talk to 
that at that point you could you could do it on the 29th and 30th you know it, it, make yourself a decision and maybe by december 1st be naming a new coach and give that guy the entire month of December to get his act together. And everyone's going to go recruiting there on December 1st. All the schools around the country are going to hit, hit the road running in recruiting. And I think Miami needs to have its coach have a presence there in that first week of December. That would be my opinion. I agree with you. I agree. Yep. I agree. I hope that they, I hope that they talk to Butch. I hope they're impressed with him and hire him. I just think it's a very little downside uh, besides perception in terms of what you mentioned earlier, trust uh, and age. And, uh, yep. But there's simply perception, and sometimes perception is reality, as we all know. And then other times you can show that perception is just perception. It's yeah, not reality. So, you know, I appreciate your time. All right, great great call. Give us, give us a call again hopefully next week. I'm going to do that, Gary. Thanks very much. Have a good evening. You too. All right, guys. Hey, I apologize. I know there's there's several of you that that are still on the board waiting to get on the show and haven't got on. Um, but I I've got about looks like about 25 phone calls. I got to return here this evening, and um, you know just a lot going on. So we're going to end the show right now. Thank you to everybody who participated. Uh, stay on the message board. Stay on the site. We're going to be constantly bringing you stories and, and, and covering this thing to, to the maximum of our capabilities and, um, and uh, try to keep you guys on the cutting edge of information as we move forward here through the coaching search. And then that's really, honestly, just going to be the beginning because then recruiting is going to start fresh and it's almost like having a clean slate. So, um, and then, of course, you know, spring practice. So we, we've got an exciting, uh, really, eight, nine months ahead of us here and uh, you've got our commitment that we'll keep you guys on the cutting edge of everything. Um, so I'll, on that note, I, I want to thank SeatGeek.com for sponsoring our show tonight. Remember, if you need tickets for any sporting event, uh, use the passcode Kane, and they'll send you $20 back on your first ticket purchase. So until next Tuesday night, um, good night, everybody, and, and, and have a great week. It'll be interesting to see what the Canes can come up with at Duke on Saturday night. And if you're there with me, make sure you say hello. I'll be on the field before the game. Good night, everybody.